Hey, your favorite Coaster Sucks listeners, we want to take a quick sec to talk to you about Patreon. Do you have a dollar sitting around your house right now? Well, if so, you should join our Patreon at patreon.com slash your favorite coaster sucks. What else are you going to do with that dollar? (laughs) There's not a whole hell of a lot you can do with it. But I'll tell you, with that dollar, you can join our monthly Zoom calls. Those are so much fucking fun, aren't they, Ben? Hell yeah. Pay for friendship. It's uh, what we're all doing nowadays. Hey, man, it's community. We got a nice little community here built up. And uh, yeah, it's behind the paywall, but a buck a month. We think almost anyone can handle that, right, Ben? Hell yeah. You can't even get like a McChicken unless you like live in a state with no sales tax. So so why not throw it our way? Throw us literally a bone. At patreon.com slash your favorite coaster sucks. Hello, your favorite coaster sucks listeners. This is Mike from coasterradio.com. You know, the original theme park podcast. Holy moly. What's going on, Mike? Well, guys, this script... Is shit. Um, that's not the line. Yeah, that's because the original line was terrible. Hey, Mike, I'm sorry if you don't like the sketch. We could do a rewrite, but can we just try it as it's written? Fine, yeah, from the top. Yeah, that's good. All right, we're rolling. Hello, your favorite Coaster Sucks listeners. This is Mike from CoasterRadio.com. You know... The podcast that Ben and Zach ripped off quite poorly, I might add. Whoa, uh, that that's not the line. Mike, hey, is there some sort of issue? Issue? No, 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 no issue. Not at all. I'll do the lines as written this time. Sorry for upsetting you. No worries, man. Just want to make sure we're good. We're good. Ben, are we good? Uh, yeah, sure. We're good. <clears throat> Hello, your favorite Coaster Sucks listeners. Ben and Zach are dicks. Dude. Mike, what is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. You guys think you're so funny with your little fact-checking routine, but you fucking hacks lost us listeners. Look, we're sorry. We're just trying to... Trying to what? Fuck us over? Usurp us? No way. We meant no offense by anything we did or said. Oh, great. Thanks. I mean, we don't get paid in money. We, of course, get paid in good intentions. All right. We're really sorry, but what do you want from us? Well, first, I want you to shut the fuck up. Then you're going to rebrand. You're no longer your favorite Coaster Sucks. From now on, you're CoasterRadio.com slash stupid. Oh, man. Look, we worked really hard building this brand. And... You will pay EB and I a licensing fee of $10,000 annually each. We can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. I'm messing with you guys. Come on. Oh. Okay. So I'll just take it from the top if you guys are ready this time. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Ben, you good? Sure. Yeah, I'm good. All right, we're rolling. Hello, your favorite Coaster Sucks listeners. This is Mike from CoasterRadio.com, the original theme park podcast. And Ben and Zach asked me here to make the exciting announcement that your favorite Coaster Sucks will now officially be known as CoasterRadio.com slash stupid. Absolutely not. No way. 
You might want to fact check that contract, boys. Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. I'm Zach and I like titties. Woo! I'm Ben and I'm in Denver again. I'm Mike and I'm excited I get to be on a podcast where I can say fuck. You sure fuck. fucking can. I like it. It's about time. I always have to be so well behaved on Coaster Radio, so I, I like being able to come on and sing what I want. Do you get to edit? Do you have to edit your uh, F-bombs? I do sometimes. Sometimes we got to add a bleep or something, but uh, I did say shit on the show the other day just because I was so fed up with something, but that's about <laughs> as far as it goes over there. Ooh, full controversy at Coaster Radio. There you go. There you go. Getting that PG-13 rating. <laughs> that's as far as it goes most nights, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, you are firmly on the other side of the fence here on your favorite coaster sucks. So feel free to let loose, um, have a drink, fart into the mic, um, hire a hooker. I don't know. Whatever you need. I dig it. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. um, So so real quick, um, before we get real, real into it, Mike is from Coaster Radio and you I'm sure you've heard of them if you're listening to this but just just in case Mike why don't you go ahead and give a, a plug yeah so Coaster Radio we've been doing it since 2005 and having a good time and it started off with a bunch of us there in my house and it's kind of whittled down over the years to now it's me and my friend EB I'm in DC EB's in Indiana and every week man we just kind of sit around just like you guys are kind of talking about theme parks thrill rides having a good time and I know we're excited. So we started our 15th season uh, two weeks ago. And very coolly, your boys here at your favorite Coaster Stucks were were invited back to fact check. That is one of our favorite things, too. It it, it became like a real hit on last year's show uh, that people looked forward to that, you know, like to hear what we would get wrong week after week. And you guys always made it fun and funny and even like found some things that weren't necessarily wrong factually. But you, you had some good jokes in there, too. We always appreciated that. Well, we we appreciate the uh, the chance to, you know, come in and give you guys a little crap on air. But also, we really loved hearing that, like, your audience was so split about it. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> that was funny. There were some who loved it and then others who were like, why are you allowing this? And they, they would get offended for us, even though we were loving it. But they would get offended and write in and say, why would you let people come on and say that you're wrong? But man, we loved it so good yeah the chat the chat i saw once was pretty funny about on it it's great yeah yeah it's so funny so but i think even the people who were complaining they still loved it and still would listen i remember one time i posted something on reddit it's some dumbass meme of ours or whatever and somebody was like hey you're the assholes that ruin coaster radio (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i was like yep happy to be ruining your podcast 90 seconds at a time just oh my god yeah and it's funny there are people who get like so crazy about that stuff like literally it's a 90 second segment each week but that's what ruins the podcast you know that's what the skip button is for if you don't like it that's what we always say like if you don't like something you're hearing skip ahead 90 seconds we're probably talking about something else then so that's like what six uh six clicks yeah 15 second click Click it six times. Click it nine. I mean, we're even further along. So, you know, or or just or just skip it all together, whatever you want. Put put it on double speed. It'll be over that much quicker. Yeah, I mean, right. 
I always wonder about people who listen to podcasts on double speed, but we've gotten emails from people saying, yeah, I listen to it at four times the speed. I don't even, I don't even know what that would be like, but yeah, you watch. Well, like you could do that with our show and it would sound still pretty normal. <laughs> I feel like with you and EB, it would be like listening to you guys after splitting an eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. like, holy shit. They are on fire today. Yeah, listen to that. What was that coffee they were drinking? Yeah. I don't even <laughs> We got to do that one time. Just like actually upload the show in four times speed and see see what people think. That would be amazing. I love it. Except except the fact checking segment. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That one. <laughs> yeah, we leave that as is. <laughs> Just to make sure that that half of the audience that really fucking hates it gets that has to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the next week's fact checking. Mike and EB, did you guys fuck up your upload? <laughs> <laughs> What did you guys do? I had to slow it down. And even then, it wasn't making sense. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> so uh, customarily, we like to start up. Uh, what, what are you uh, drinking tonight, Mike? I've got uh, it's a special occasion. So I broke out some pretty good bourbon. I've got Angel's Envy bourbon here. Uh, Holy moly. Moly. Uh, in a uh, Bush Gardens uh, glass that I have uh, just, you know, just to make it still a little coaster and theme park related. So, yeah, so it's good, man. I broke out the good stuff for you guys drink it straight or you have it mixed with something i've got a straight doing straight tonight just with a little Ooh. ice in there to give it a little uh coolness you know so yeah there you go uncurling those chest there's a little bit yeah there you go so it, it's it's good stuff if you're guys looking for like the high quality thing that that's pretty good it's good to have a bottle on hand all right yeah for sure well i definitely love all the different types of whiskeys so i'll have to keep my eyes open for that yeah, one yeah it's a good one it's a good one is that a low oh well is it local or is it no, actually I, like from bourbon? It's national. Or? Um, it's national. I, I've seen it locally here in stores, but um, I know that you can get it pretty much anywhere. So I think they're spreading out so you can get it a lot of different places. All right. Well, dang, Mike's Mike's showing us up class wise. <laughs> ben, what do you got tonight? Um, nothing too fancy. Um, what is, have Stranahan's Colorado American whiskey in a Rockies glass. And you're drinking it straight too? Yeah, just straight. I'm like me. All right. Well, I get to be the really classy white bearded guy on this podcast and say I'm drinking PBR Extra. Oh, cool. Just to really drive the point home of what I don't know, but hey, yeehaw, right? Okay. Well, you guys, you guys will probably not have a he- headache in the morning, whereas I very well may likely. <laughs> but it, so PBR extra is, is it sold as a better quality PBR or is it just more alcohol? It's just more alcohol. Uh, okay. Same old shit, just a little stronger. There we go. Wow. I'm, I'm sure this was literally just designed for like frat parties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like it's like four loco. Yeah, it like comes in a black can, but it says very pronounced on there six point five percent alcohol. Like they mm-hmm. want to make sure you know yeah. this ain't just that fucking shit PBR. This is extra shit PBR. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it for Chicago, you know. That's uh, that's right what on. we do. So we uh, we won't waste any time. We'll jump right into our first segment, and I'll tell you, Mike. It is a fun one. Oh, good. All right. This is our killer coaster of the week. And this week's killer coaster 
is Shockwave at King's Dominion. Oh, this is one I've been on. This is from one of my home parks at King's Dominion. Yeah. Absolutely. And what a piece of shit this ride was, huh? Yeah, this ride sucked in later years. When it first opened, it was a big deal and had gigantic lines. I remember being there and seeing like the lines go all the way up to like International Street. But then in later years, the only reason there was a long line is because it took forever to load. Like, cause they added like, um, uh, like seatbelts over the, your chest or something. And it just took too long. Like right. and they were on one train, it was just really bad. It was really bad. I didn't like how it had to be different from the other standups where it does that turn because, oh, yeah. because Skyrider was, uh, in comparison was actually really good still before it closed. And, uh, yeah. I love Skyrider, but in Shockwave was just like garbage. It was like a shopping cart ride. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> the The first hill was all right, like the first drop. And then after that, like the loop sucked. That little helix sucked. The bunny hops at the end really sucked. Oh, oh. That, those are the worst. And that's where like some dude got killed back there because he was, you know, not being very smart and wiggling out of the restraints. But he went Oof. over those bunny hops and that was it. I still don't understand who the fuck puts airtime on a stand-up coaster. Like it's so good. No, 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 no. It's so good. Like on a good co- like Skyrider, that's like the best part when you can lift your legs and just float on your shoulders. It's so much fun. I disagree completely. It's, it's amazing. I need more of it. Well, maybe the surf coaster. I don't know. I, here's the thing: it's like if you're not careful on any stand-up coaster, you're in for a hurting. Yeah. True. You just There's have to no ride it correctly. About that. No, that you have to like push the seat a little further down than like you don't just like stand straight up and then lock it. You got to bend your knees a little bit, lock it, and then you stand up so it's not touching your crotch. So it's you know what I mean. It's like on your shoulders more. Okay, I mean that's easier to do on like the B and M ones. I feel like the Togo ones were a lot trickier to maneuver. Yeah, especially on your first ride because you didn't know what it was going to do force wise. So you, you couldn't like ride defensively. So, you know, your ball took a punishment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the first Togo I rode back in like Oh five. So I was like 16 and I was like, Oh cool. I get to try a Togo. And then, yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That ride sucked. But I, but when it came out, man, it was like the the shit because everybody was so excited by a stand up roller coaster, and then it was amazing though with that ride how quickly it lost, you know, its its uh its star power. It just it was, it was like a couple of years, and then that was it, and then it did just you, became rough and nasty. Did you ride it that first year it opened? No, I didn't ride it. I I was still like I hadn't like gotten over my fear of roller coasters then because I was still kind of a little kid when that opened. Um, but so I wrote it probably like three or four years after it opened. Um, cause, but I remember cause it was like terrifying. It was like so scary looking like a stand up roller coaster. And they had all these, um, ads for it in the DC area, you know, with like smoke and lighting and stuff. And they really made it look scary. But, um, then I remember going on it and going, Oh, that isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So wait, was King's Dominion the first park you went to? Yeah. When I was a kid, um, it was the closest one. Um, so King's Dominion and then Bush Gardens, those were the two that my family took us to when we were really little. So I think, I, I mean, there are pictures of me at King's Dominion when I was like three years old, you know, really young. Yeah. So did you get to ride uh Drakenfire? Yeah. Yeah. I got to ride that at Bush Gardens. So I was like in, uh, gosh, like I think late middle school or early high school when that was running. 
So I, I got to ride that like every summer that it was open. Yep. Oh, nice. Sick. How was it? As far I as you can it. remember I liked it. stuff. Like, I remember it being a little rough, but I remember it being so different. Like, you know, that first drop that went into an inversion um, and how it kind of like Wish Gardens really built that so interesting so to where you could kind of walk around the roller coaster and be like really close to it. Um, I, I never like remember getting off it going, oh, that sucked. I remember always thinking it was really good. And just di- so different. And now that we know the story of it, we see why it was so different. But yeah, I liked it. And I was I was I was bummed when it was gone. So you got to ride all the versions of it basically with the modification. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. I pretty much wrote it every year uh that it was open. So even after they made those changes to it and stuff. Yeah. And I remember like coming back and that was before there was like internet where you knew there were changes. And I remember going, wait, something's different. Something what happened here? So there's like a different part. There's something they took out and you know, we would all, me and my friends would all sit around and try to figure out what it was. Um, but, you know, now where everything is like over, you know, looked at and, you know, over analyzed and stuff back then, there was no way to do it. Yeah, there's like no surprises anymore in the hobby, which yeah. I remember the days. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I suppose there still are. Some people still do it. But well, like when Six Flags is building a ride and you have no idea what it was because the website would have a, a single thumbnail. Yes. Or there was yeah. those. uh the quick time thumbnail videos that would take forever to load on dial up. Oh yeah. 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 There was something really cool about like, I remember at King's dominion, like if you wanted to know what the new ride was for next year, you'd have to go at, towards the end of the season the year before. And they might have a billboard put up outside the park, you know, with pictures. I remember there was, it was that way with uh, the bobsled ride that was their avalanche bobsled. And we were like, Holy shit, what is that? It's a bobsled ride, you know? And like, that, that was kind of cool, right? Because then you'd get excited. It was the end of the season. You get excited for what's next year. Uh, I kind of miss that because now we just know everything before we go to a park about what's new and what's coming and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I miss like the mystery of it a bit because yeah. there was there was some fun in that. And like, I mean, we came into it when it was still like, you know, the Internet, the forums were a big thing. But yep. you started like go seek that out. It wasn't like just in your face if you were on social media or whatever. You still had yeah. to go like find the specific like you'd have to find King's Dominion and then find like some page that had pictures or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And even the forums and stuff like there, you know, somebody would do a trip report about a park. And then if you sought the park out, you'd remember, hey, this guy said I should go here and do this. Like it was way different. Then now where you just know everything you there are YouTube videos and Instagram pictures like it's just you're oversaturated with it all. But there was something that was really pretty cool about like experiencing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I miss that a little bit. I enjoyed in the early 2000s when there was all those uh, weird prototype rides by, mm-hmm. you know, all the ins- weird instrument and premiere rides and. You didn't know how the ride operated until you saw it in person yeah. for the first time, especially oh, yeah. for cuddle coasters. It's like, how the hell does that even work? Oh, yeah. 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 You'd like see a picture of it and you'd be like, what is this? I don't even. Yeah. Like Deja, remember- Deja Vu was like that. I was like, how the hell? I was so curious by it. And then the first time I saw it run in person, I was kind of blown away by it. Yeah. I remember the very first time I ever heard about an inverted roller coaster and somebody was like, yeah, man, the track is above you. And like, I had never seen it 
before, so I, I couldn't visualize. I was like, I don't understand. What, how does the track, how does the rock work? How does, and then finally going to like Six Flags over Georgia and seeing it. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. I understand what the guy was talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, back then there were, there were no photos of it. You'd have to just go and see it for yourself. That uh, makes me wonder about like, did you ever hear any like crazy rumors about like, oh, this this girl like got scalped on this drop ride or like this, oh, yeah. like my restraint opened or something like how much of that do you think might have actually been true? It's just it couldn't be verified. So it's like, no, it didn't, asshole. Yeah, I I remember stories like that about every park that was local, you know, um, and then you'd hear you know, on the playground and stuff, people talking about like, oh, well, at Hershey Park, this happened. Like, I think the scalp story happened at every park, you know, and (laughs) that's um, that's a common one. Yeah, you always hear about that one. You always hear about that happening. And then at King's Dominion, like, oh, a dude jumped off the top of the Eiffel Tower and landed here. And then, but no, 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 somebody else would say, no, 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 he landed over there. You know, it was like the story would change and stuff. And and I don't even think it happened at King's Dominion. I think it happened at King's Island, you know, and the story just kind of morphs. You know, know, um, I remember the stories where it's like, oh, I were like kids would be like, I fell out of the roller coaster and landed in the wave pool. Yeah. yeah, and everybody's got the story like I was on the roller coaster and my restraint popped open and I was holding on and I almost died. Yeah, like those, I don't know. those ones, I think like not most of them are true, but I feel like one out of every 10 to 20 of those is probably true. Probably so. Yeah. Right. Where, where it pops open enough and somebody pulls it back down and it clicks in again. Yeah, sure. I mean, Ben and I were in Mexico like 10, 11 years ago. Ben, I'll let you tell it. Oh, but that, well, that was a Pinfari looper in a mall. Well, true. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were riding it and we were uh, both filming a POV and I kind of had one arm just wrapped around the restraint and during the loop, it popped open. Oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> and then and then I just had to like hold it down. And luckily, you know, you're not going to fall out of those rides. But well, actually, I don't know. I feel like I've, you, of all rides, you'd fall out of a Pinfari. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at this. Oh, yeah. And we were at this sketchy mall in Tijuana. So it's (laughs) like, yeah, you know, if something happens, like you're probably going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's not going to be a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no inspection going on. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, those there was some fun to that before, like everything was verifiable and you could see it on your phone in 30 seconds. Yes. Right. Exactly. And it was kind of cool, you know, just to kind of like walk into a park and say, oh, my gosh, should we go left or right? And then what are we going to see here? You know, like, I don't know. And, and you know, there's, there are times I still try to do that. Like if I know I'm going to a park, like, yeah, I'll do some research to make sure I don't miss any of the best things. But I don't overstudy anymore. Like I kind of mm-hmm. want to experience, you know, theming or something. You know, I still want some surprises. And I, I, I used to not do that you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But now I really try to like just have some fun and see the park as as it's meant to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I like when that happens with roller coasters. So when was that? I think two or three years ago, I rode Boardwalk Bullet for the first time because mm-hmm. I just I just happened to be in work in Houston. Um, and I drove down there because I had the time and I squeezed it in and I didn't look at a POV of it. I probably haven't looked at pictures of it in five plus 10 years so I was when I wrote it, I had no idea what to expect, and that ride's really good for as why as far as like a confusing layout. 
Yeah. And it was, it was really fun. Like I, I haven't had that ex- kind of experience in a long time mm-hmm. versus like seeing a new ride and wanting to watch every POV of it that exists. Right. right. Yeah. I, I tend to do that, but I still feel like I get an equal amount of enjoyment. Although I haven't tried the uh, other approach for a long time since that was the only option really. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm with you on that, too, because you don't, especially if it's a park you're not going to get to again in a while, you want to make sure you see everything that there is to see, but also that you take advantage of any option that there is. You don't want to, like, learn about something while you're on site and go, oh, man, if I had just, like, set this up a day or two earlier, I could have had an even better time, you know, so I'm I'm with you on that. That's the thing. If, if, if If it's not your home park. Or a park that you're going to be able to get back to, you really do have to, you know, know as much as you can before you go. Yeah, I mean, there's there's pros and cons on either side. Yeah. But I definitely think we have reached beyond peak saturation of like just every amusement park and ride on the Internet, you know. Oh, yeah. There's no need to have 50 POVs on the same coaster pop up on YouTube if I type it in, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're good at three. Three is fine. That's all you need. And yeah, some of them are pretty awful too. Like the only difference is is like the annoying background talking, like you know, like people screaming or, or the discussions going up. That's the only difference in a lot of them. And Twist they're all totally annoying. Yeah, or it's like, oh, this was shot on a really bad cell phone. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are some that the people should just be embarrassed that they uploaded it in the first place. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, take this down, not for copyright, just because it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's just bad. It's embarrassing. Like, you know, there's somebody who did it better than you. That's the thing. Yeah, Coaster Force already has the fucking video. We're good. (laughs) I always like the people who, like, take the park's POV and upload it on their own channel. It's like, wait, why why would you do that? Why would you take, like, the same thing that's already up somewhere else and put it on your own? Like, I I get they want to make money off it, but still. That's a classic Rob Alvey trick, ain't it? (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen, like, hey, wait, that's the same one that the park sent me, and now it's on your channel. I've seen that before. Yep. I'm watching a Shockwave POV right now. Well, at least it won't feel like it did. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, you can still enjoy it somewhat. And I guess it was cool. Like that, that helix was kind of interesting, you know, where you're on your side and stuff like that was cool to watch, especially, you know, off the ride to see people go through that. And, and, and I remember the midway would kind of like come down from international street and go right by that. So that was kind of exciting. Like, I feel like the, the transitions are like arrow jank and yeah. just on a yeah. stand up that is just so unnecessary. Yeah. Like B&M barely had it fucking right until, you know, like Mantis. Yep. Like the first couple were fuck all. They were just figuring it out. Yeah. Like, you know, if you wrote, that's why two of them are actually, no, all of them are floorless now. True. True. I think that back then they were just like, hey, let's figure out, let's, let's do a stand up any way we can. And who cares if it's comfortable? You know, it's just going to bring people through the gates. So speaking of uh, bringing people through the gates, I didn't know this existed, but there's a video of Clint riding Shockwave in a dress. Yeah, there is. I think he raised <laughs> money, right? Didn't, okay. didn't he raise money and then he, he got past a certain amount and said, if I get past this amount, I'll ride Shockwave in a dress. And he did it. <laughs> nice. I think he was just looking for an excuse to yeah. ride Shockwave in a dress. <laughs> 
The dollar amount was five dollars if you raise five. <laughs> if I raise thirty-eight cents, yeah, I'll do it. Count me if, in. If if I get two views, <laughs> I'll wear the red dress. That was a revealing dress, if I remember too. I, I remember thinking that at the time, like, wow, the, it's the a sexy, red, sexy red dress, like a little cocktail yeah. dress. Now, there is he go. wearing the beanie cap, the propeller beanie? Not on the ride. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. That was his calling card for a long time. Yeah, I remember seeing him wearing that and just being like, I'm going to just like walk the other direction because I didn't really know exactly who he was. So I'm like, I don't know. Nah, I'm cool. Like, yeah, I've, so I've heard he's like a really that? nice dude and stuff. So that's all cool. I haven't met him, but. Yes, yeah, super nice, dude, super nice. And, and like in the early days of Coaster Radio, those were the early days of In the Loop, too. So we always did a lot of stuff. You know, uh, the podcast did a lot of stuff together. So we, we saw Clint all the time uh, back in the day. And so, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that even though we were like competing podcasts, uh, was a super friendly guy. And we just had fun. Like what, what was cool is that we could have fun and like kind of rag on each other. But we knew it was all in fun. And that that was my favorite thing about Clint is that. You know, he would make fun of us. We'd make fun of him. But it was all like in good fun and nobody like got upset about it. And that's what I remember with fun. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, it's probably 2006. I down or like I got an iPod touch for Christmas. And that's how I got in a podcast. And I would listen to you guys in, in the or what was it? Thrill Network? Oh, yeah. Thrill Network. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are like the two only really the only two coaster podcasts, I think. Really. Yeah out there yeah, yeah was- i remember listening to you guys because i uh i took radio class in high school and that was around that same time like i graduated in 07 so i remember listening to you guys and like trying to figure out how i could incorporate like coaster talk into my radio show on school radio <laughs> yeah yeah and of course you know that's that's how you end up in your 30s doing a podcast <laughs> exactly right because that's what that, I, I did the same thing when I was like, you know, out of college, I wanted to do a radio show, you know, and I, and I, at the time there was like cable access stations, you can go to stuff. But I was thinking like, man, I really like doing radio shows and I really like theme parks. Is there a way to combine it? And there wasn't, there was no way to combine it until podcasting. And I was like, holy shit, you can like make a show about whatever you want and maybe people will listen. And so, yeah. That's that's how it happened for us, too. And, and uh, I know there was no real uh, precedent back then or any model to run off of. But you guys did the the right thing very forward thinkingly and used a, an already existing social dynamic to create your podcast around. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, like it was it was us kind of friends anyway and stuff that we were talking about anyway. And um it was interesting just to see if that would work, you know, and I think that we tried to do a show like, you know, like we heard on the radio at that time. There was like a, a show called the Don and Mike show um, that was big at D.C. And so we said, hey, what if we did something like that that sounded a little like that, um, you know, and and just talked about theme parks, which is a weird idea when you think about it. Like the whole show about theme parks is, is, is strange, but there are people out there we found and you guys have found it, too, like that, you know. There are a lot of people who like this stuff, which is cool. It's yeah. really cool. But you guys, so you came into it not like as a coaster enthusiast at all, though, right? I I was the only one. There were five guys on the show, but I was the only quote unquote coaster enthusiast. And, and even I wasn't the most 
like well versed. There were way pe- there were people who knew way more than I did, but I was the only one who at least knew who BNM were, you know, like or, or knew Vacoma. Like I, I knew that stuff, but the other four guys, including EB, had no idea about any of it. I just convinced them to come on the show. And I said, okay, I'll handle all of the nerd talk and you guys just fill in and, you know, kind of talk about other things. And um, as time went on, they started picking up the lingo and company names and roller coaster names and stuff. But uh, yeah, it took a while. It took a while. So like, how, how is it you got into the hobby then? If you were like the guy behind the whole coaster buff thing or theme park fan thing, how did you like really get into the hobby at all? I I've always, always loved theme parks. Um, you know, ever since I was a kid, like I would just, you know, beg my parents to take me to them. And, uh, finally when I got into high school, you know, I'd always get the season pass to King's dominion and, you know, drive down there when I could, cause it's about an hour drive from where I live. And, um, I just, yeah, I, I just loved it. So the time I think of where I became like a theme park enthusiast was right around the time when discovery channel was putting up all those shows, you know, like you'd see them on a uh, Memorial Day weekend. They'd run like a whole night of of uh, shows. And, you know, and I think that's when like coaster forums started slowly, you know. And so that was kind of cool to see like all these people giving trip reports and and that type of stuff. So I'd say like right around like 2000 is where I sort of got into the hobby enough to, you know, kind of read up what other people were doing and learning about parks like Magic Mountain and um great adventure. And so around that time is where I actually started traveling to parks up and down the East coast, because before that point, I had just gone to like Kings dominion and Bush gardens, but it was cool to know like, Oh my gosh, you could drive up, you know, within a couple hours and see all these parks. That's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, so, so I spent a lot like from 2000 to 2005, like traveling a lot and hitting a lot of these parks. I love, I love how you uh, keep mentioning Bush Gardens and King's Dominion, but you're absolutely not saying like Six Flags America or whatever it was called before <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I I think uh, I never went to that park for whatever reason. Like, I think it was just known in this area that, you know, it was not a good park, even when it was Wild World. And um, I finally went to Six Flags America in like, I think like 2000 or 2001 or something like that, just to give it a try. And it wasn't a bad day, but it was bad enough to where i was like i don't need to come back here i've ridden everything there isn't a ride here that makes me want to you know visit again and actually man i don't i have not gone back since that day i know they've added new rides and new roller coasters but it, i just i just haven't i haven't gone back <laughs> you know. okay so it's like regionally known as not a great park yeah yeah like you you just know it in this area and and like you know hey it's you know it's still got good rides and stuff i, I probably should go back i just haven't I just haven't for whatever reason, because I when when I do get a day off, there are parks I want to go to more. You know, I'd rather drive up to Hershey or even go to Dorney or something like that or Kings Dominion Bush Gardens, you know, then. Right. I mean, going. wild one is old. Yeah. yeah. Or historical, as they like to phrase it. There you go. Uh, Joker's Jinx is pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, super, super fan of Superman's is great. not too bad. Yeah, that wing, if it's actually running. Yeah. I just remember like, and I've heard stories of friends who have gone like, you know, one train operation on Superman and it, you know, oh. and it's an empty day at the park, but yet it takes a half hour to get on the ride because it's so slow of loading, you know, it's stuff like that, that I just, I can't do it. I can't, you know, like if I've got one day off from work, I want to go someplace where I'm pretty guaranteed to have a good time. Right. That's understandable, especially if they don't really have anything that new or exciting. Because I know yeah, the yeah. last two coasters they got were hand-me-downs from 
great America up here. Right. And I actually um, like know some people who work there and the word that came down is like the water park is the focus there. The water park is what makes the money. The water park is what brings people in. Like you can go on a summer day and the water park is jammed with people, but the dry parks got nobody walking around till nighttime. You know, when people like move from the water park over. So that, that I think that really, it, it could almost be like a Six Flags water park. I think don't get many ideas. Yeah, I know they might do it. Who knows? <laughs> might close the whole fucking operation down. It's a water park only in Geauga Lake, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's man. valuable land over there, man. So I'm surprised. <laughs> they haven't thought about it, but. I do find it interesting, though, how much appeal a water park is to the public. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you can yeah, park, yeah. build a water park anywhere and people will go to it. Yeah. We always talk about on Coaster Radio that like in the first year we interviewed Will Cook from Holiday World and somebody asked him like, hey, if you had to get rid of one, the water park or, or Holiday World, which one would you get rid of? And he said, I'd get rid of Holiday World because the water park is what is the most profitable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and brings in the most people. And I, we were shocked by that. We we're like, what? What about the voyage? What about all these things? He's like, yeah, man, sorry. That's the way it is. So I, I always remember him saying that. That was interesting. Hmm. It's not surprising. It's probably a lot easier on a hot day to get people to go, well, yeah. let's go down the water slide. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, Hurricane Harbor at Great America was one of the best chain decisions they made that decade, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, that increased attendance. Like, there's, they're still on an uptick over, you know. Like they're able to push that water. They they almost were able to open the water park without the park this year. Yeah. But then they couldn't. But that's all a uh, circumstance of 2020. There we go. That's mm-hmm. the only reason beforehand why Mount Olympus, or not Mount Olympus, but the Dells was so profitable. And then Six Flags was like, oh, we'll just like build a water park here up 94 and steal all this Dells traffic. And, yeah. then, and then we got Mount Olympus. Everybody driving north from Chicago. It's like, oh, there's a water park there. Oh, fuck it. Let's stop. Well, hey, Mount Olympus, uh, they, they went from carts or the uh, Big Chief to Mount Olympus the year Hurricane Harbor opened because it was like part of a or no, 2004 when Hurricane Harbor was announced. Yeah. And, and then they got Hades to try and start competing. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching um, one of those old Discovery Channel shows last night, and they had the owner of Mount Olympus on there talking about Zeus. Oh. Oh, from the 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Looked like he had just kicked a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so... <laughs> We have another fun segment here. We uh, like to go on Google and get a bad review of a theme park. <laughs> so um, if you're willing to read it, we have some really fun, cheesy piano music. Oh, good. All right. So I've got a review of King's Dominion that we pulled from Google here. And Ben's got the music. Whenever you're ready, just let us know and Ben will hit the music. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do this. Uh, I, I, I read this ahead of time. It's very dramatic. So I'll, I'll try to do my best here. I'll read it in a very dramatic voice, a, a theatrical reading for you guys. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready whenever you are. Let's hear that piano music. We'll see what we can do. 
my family and I went for a weekend trip, and it was such a terrible experience. The rides broke down so often. The bathrooms never had toilet paper. And I have a six-year-old who needs to use the bathroom quite often. (laughs) The staff was incredibly rude. In Snoopyland, one employee pushed a child on her back to get her to move because she wasn't walking fast enough towards the exit. (laughs) The child was maybe two years old. My brother was threatened by a group of teens while waiting in line for a ride. The teens yelled, Who wants to see a white kid get beat up for once? My family felt the need to run from the park to leave. They didn't feel safe at all. My brother also had scraped his arm pretty severely, and that resulted in us needing to go to the ER once we got home. While at the park, we asked, where is the first aid center? And about 20 employees had no idea. It took us a good while to find someone who actually knew. Lastly, my six-year-old child couldn't ride practically anything. The rides she could ride were made for three-year-olds and bored her out of her mind. Also, only one adult could go with her, so we ended up spending most of the trip separated. Any other park, she could go on most of the rides with us. We will absolutely never go back here. One star. (laughs) One star. I love I love how dramatic man wow push the ride up pushing the kid yeah onto her back because she was moving too slowly I just love that imagery just get the fuck out of the way yeah and also the kid going to the ER once they got home like his his arm was in that he got a scrape yeah and had to go to the ER wow the thing is is like I can definitely picture this person I've seen him before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were probably a family. All of them had tall cans of Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dad was wearing a tank top and shorts. <laughs> and I've got to say that that park has like Camp Snoopy, which is all, aren't all those rides aimed at six year olds. I, yeah. When I walk through, I've seen a lot of six-year-olds having a blast because there are more rides for them than adults almost in that section. Unless you're too moving too slow down the exit. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think, man. Hmm. Well, I guess they had a really, really bad day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And no, no toilet paper in the bathrooms. I gotta <laughs> say, how often are you shitting in a bathroom? Well, that's true. And why does the six-year-old need to use the bathroom that often? You know, like go to another bathroom. I'm sure there's some toilet paper. I'm sure there is. And I've got a two year old. We carry like wipes with us and stuff. So, hey, if you got to go, you could have your wipes with you. Come on. Right. Seriously. The park's not holding out on you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> jump a stall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Next stall over probably got you. Yeah. yeah. That there's a lot of a lot wrong with that review. 
I had to right. wipe with my hand. Whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> there was no water in the faucets. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some dirty bathrooms at King's Dominion, but, you know, there's always some toilet paper in one of the stalls, at least. Come on. Although, okay, the brother getting threatened by teens, there's 100% more to that story. <laughs> there's got to be. Yeah, there's something not le- like not in there. Yeah. Like, no, a group of teens didn't just come up and threaten to beat you up. Something happened. Exactly. Yeah, they're glossing over the first part of that story, I think. That's what I love about these reviews is like everybody always paints themselves as the victim. Yep. Oh, yeah. And if you were there and saw what happened, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, the brother started. Yeah. uh, That guy said the N word. Um, (laughs) Right. That's probably what. Yep. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, like I'm sure there's a story behind all of this, except I still can't wrap my head around the ride out pushing the kid. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. I think again, that's another thing that didn't quite happen. Like this person is writing it. Yeah, I just can't picture an employee at a theme park. Like even the worst employee I've ever seen at a theme park, I can't imagine pushing a kid. Yeah, exactly. You know what happened is the kid, like k- kids fall, like a two-year-old, two-year-old's fall constantly. So I'm sure they, the employee was walking by them and the kid fell and this person's like, oh my God, they pushed them down. Oh, yeah. He even says they're two. Yeah. It was a two-year-old falling over because two-year-olds are basically drunk little people. Exactly. Mine falls over like every minute, every 60 seconds she's falling over, you know, like the, the way it goes. But if, if, if somebody saw me walking next to her, hopefully they're not going to be like, oh, my God, he pushed her down. Like that man was walking so fast. The wind knocked that child yeah. over. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was good, though. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we have that segment now. That's, that's, a, that's the, always a fun one. And when I imagine the child getting pushed on her back, I imagine like a like a turtle stuck up like on, stuck on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just like. You can't do that. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, all right. So we we get we got a couple questions together for you. But before we proceed to that, if you have any questions for us, you may ask us one. Oh, good. All right. I, I have sort of a, a question, but it's in two parts. That's uh, that'll I, you work. Know, you guys, yeah, you guys have been doing the show for a while here, so you know, and we've been doing our show over at Coaster Radio for a while, and, and we get asked this sometimes, but tell me about you know, the podcast here, what is your favorite thing about doing it? But then also, and this is the interesting part, what is your least favorite thing about doing this podcast? The thing that, you know, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this part of it. My favorite part has been just like meeting people through it. Yeah. Either Mm -hmm. like our guests or our listeners, just meeting new people that are, and like, you kind of know they're on board they're cool because they're already on board with you. Yeah. Because it's this weird dichotomy of like, they kind of know you in a way, but you don't know them. But it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But and it's, it's really like they, they feel like they know you, you know, because uh, they've been listening to you for so long. So when you meet them, it's kind of interesting, right? Because people are like, hey, yeah, like I, I've known you for a long time. It's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah, it's it's a weird relationship to have to somebody where you're whispering in their ear. Yeah. For two mm-hmm. hours at a time. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> right. What about you, Ben? What's your favorite part of doing this? It's actually just doing it. Um, 
because it's like a nice break. So when I first started, I was in Seattle and I didn't have too much to do because I didn't know that many people. And also like I was working like 65 hour weeks. So it was nice to have like um, just like a, a conversation about roller coasters and meeting enthusiasts. So it's a good way to be connected to the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just fun doing it. And I, I can, I can transition to the, to the least favorite part easily off of that. And that's cause Ben doesn't edit. I do the editing, which oh, is yeah. easily my least favorite part. Cause it takes so long and people don't realize it, but man, it takes a long time to edit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're meticulous, like I am, it's really no different than editing video. Yep. If you're doing the precision work and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah, each episode, you know, if you record for an hour or two hours or whatever, it takes three times that sometimes or more. Totally. And you, you probably do more actual post-production than we do. Whereas I just do a lot of editing, cut out any pauses or yeah. vocal noises or whatever, you know? And that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't realize that about podcasts is that if you left the pauses in, if you left the noises and stuff, it would it would be so annoying to people, you know, and there are podcasts that do leave the pauses in. Um, I was listening to a podcast not long ago where they were trying to get somebody on the phone and they left in the whole part where they were having technical issues. And I was like, wait a minute, like I, I'm sitting oh here for 10 minutes God. trying to hear you like figure out how the phones work. And I was like, man, like you know, come on, like do a little editing on it. Like help us out. Like don't make us listen to all that. But yeah, they did, man. Yeah. Wow. You can cut that whole part until you yeah. start talking. That's fine. Exactly. No, nobody wants to hear how the sausage is made. Right, right, right. So yeah, that's one of the things that, and that's, yeah, it's hard, but it's so great when it works, you know, when you edit it and you listen to it back, you're like, Oh yeah, that was, that was worth that effort. Yeah. To hear the final product and it sounds like a podcast and not just a conversation between a couple yeah. of people having a beer, you know, yeah. <laughs> to be able to pull that off. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Ben? Do you have a least favorite part of doing this? Um, I mean, you do the production. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't Not really. Maybe, um, maybe. Oh, you know what? Sometimes actually is like, cause I do these on weeknights when like we do like super long episodes and I'm like drinking and stuff throughout the episode and then it's over and I'm like, Whoa, like, like I drink too much or <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, uh, you know, in a way it's almost like going to the bar sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I'm just going to do this quick after work. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. Holy fuck. I didn't do anything today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you didn't say the co-host. What was that? I'm glad your answer wasn't the co-host. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no, I I know I can be quite a bit uh, much to handle, but that's all right. For some reason, I'm still able to, you know, help make this entertaining. So there you go. at least I'm good for something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we like to go on to our social media before we start recording and get questions for our guest. However, we don't tell who our guest is. <laughs> I love it. So these are all questions that are for a mystery guest. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Yeah. So SoCal Coaster 521 is asking thoughts on Six Flags removing 15 rides 
Is there one you're itching to see go to the scrapper? Hmm. I was thinking a lot about this. I I, I really don't want to see any go. I, I can't think of a ride that I'm like, that has to go. Um, we did a little bit of talking about this, me and EB today, about which rides could it be. I, I can't see it being like a marquee attraction at any of them. I mean, I guess it could be and it might surprise us all. But like, I don't see a Superman Ultimate Escape going or a King to Ka going, even though those are probably ones that should. Yeah. I'm um, just the maintenance costs and stuff. And if that's what they're looking at. Uh, but those are like just so visible. You know, I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody wrote in and said, what if it was all of the Justice League rides? And I said, no, no, it couldn't be. But then there's there's precedent for that, that uh, Curse of Dark Castle at Bush Gardens, which is a similar ride, is gone. You know, so I don't know. May, maybe maybe that could be. I don't know. I guess it just depends on, you know, what they're really looking at. I, I think it's going to be smaller rides that are just maintenance nightmares that they're just going to yank out of there. Uh, but I, man, I can't think of one that I want to see go. Um, I gotta, I gotta think about that one a little bit. I've, I've been thinking about which ones I think it might be, but yeah, I, I can't, I, let me think about that one for a second and see if there's one that I definitely want to see. Like, I just can't stand it. Like it's a terrible Six Flags ride. I mean, that's not a terrible problem to not be able to think of one. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very, um, diplomatic answer. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- I'm just trying to think of a Six Flags ride that I was like, you know, e- e- sometimes even the worst ride is better than no ride at all. You know? That's true. Or, or somebody else will be riding you know. it. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and sometimes rides that I hate, other people love. Uh, there are a couple of those that I get surprised about. Sometimes we talk about it on the show and people are like, oh, my God, but that's my favorite ride. And I'm like, oh, but it was one of my least favorites. So, yeah. Well, I know <laughs> I'm going to give myself shouts for uh, answering your question about that on social media. <laughs> Because you were like, uh, what rides do you think it might be? And my response was, how many rides are at Six Flags America? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if they just got rid of them all and there's your 15. Bye. Yeah, I mean, there's some that I would be really sad. Like um, like Viper at Magic Mountain, Wizard at Great America. Mm-hmm. And I could see all those like going at any time. If it's Wizard or American Eagle, I'm going to be so fucking sad because they weren't even open this year to get a last ride in. Right. I could see like Eagle going SBNO for a while and then Wizard being removed. Stop, please. You're making me sad in ways I'm not ready for. I mean, I'm not I'm not pro it. I'm just being realistic. I understand that. And that's why I'm getting sad. (laughs) I can easily see it happening. We're in our 30s. It's a lot of time since those rides were 30 years old. That's right. Uh, I don't need roller coasters to make me sad right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is a bad week for that. Yeah, I, I want to point out real quick, because this will come out in a couple weeks and hope to God at this point when we're recording this, we still don't really have a clear answer as to what's happened with the election. And we're yeah. all just um, being as upbeat as possible for recording this. But I know it's it's really a stressful time for everybody in America, regardless. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes to be upbeat. You know, like I know that people who listen to these podcasts are always like, hey, we want to use this as an escape and we want to talk about theme parks and not have politics or COVID come into it. But, man, sometimes it's hard. Hey, fuck you. We need an escape, too. 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's what I want to say sometimes. It's like, yeah, well, this, you know, sometimes you got to blow off some steam too. And that's what a podcast should be about is kind of just being honest about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's hard. Yeah. yeah so. so hopefully we have some resolution when this comes out, but that that's kind of what's hanging over the recording. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. If you don't know the president by the time this comes out. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um, All right. That if, just if, made me way sadder. So we'll take it back to coasters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If it is, <laughs> hey, if it is, send them, give us a review. Uh, you know, if it happens. Yeah. If the president isn't known by the time this comes out, drop a comment. Who's it going to be? Let us know. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um. All right. So coasting prairie. Asks, does a duck with a boner drag weeds? Oh, that's a good question. And does it slow the duck down if you're dragging those weeds? Because the boner, yeah, I would say yes. I think it probably does. But I think you'd have to be a duck to know. I think probably only in the like takeoff or landing phase. Yeah. But also, how long do those weeds stay attached and how does it uh, affect the flight, flight path of that duck? <laughs> that's true. He he asked that it with a uh, gif or jif, depending on your pronunciation of that word. Yeah, huh. from uh, the show Letter Kenny, if you've ever seen it. But I digress. It's it's a good question either way. I Thanks, like it. Logan. <laughs> um, Justin eleven ninety four asks favorite YouTube channels. Hmm. I don't know if I have like a. F- favorite channel what i do like is like you know kind of I, I like going down the youtube rabbit hole sometimes like you know you look for one thing and then you find another so i end up doing that sometimes with theme parks um i especially like going back and looking at like point of views of rides that have drastically changed or we don't have anymore that's kind of fun to do you know to see like an old ride like uh you know big Bad wolf at wish gardens or you know just anything that's not around anymore that's pretty cool i like doing that um, but I also, you know, one of my favorite, I think one of my favorite channels is going back and looking at old Saturday night live sketches back when like Dana Carvey was on and stuff like that. I like doing that. Like, that's kind of fun to see some of that stuff because some of that early stuff was like really, like really hilarious. So who's your like top three from SNL performer wise, performer wise. I think definitely Dana Carvey because he did so many good things. Also, uh, Bill Hader, Bill Hader was really oh, good. Totally. You know, um, Oh, there's so many good ones. Uh, I always like Norm McDonald's uh, Weekend Update. Oh really my good. god, yes! It like that. His stuff was so funny, just the way he did it. His delivery. Uh, his his jokes about OJ are still amazingly relevant. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he had the balls to do it, knowing that like Don Allmeyer, who was like you know OJ's best friend, was like head of late night programming or something, but he still did it, and he got fired for it. But but man. Yeah, so those guys are good. There's so many people over the years who are good. Um, I'm going to say even even though he was never like a cast member, Steve Martin's appearances always on SNL are always so good. He's, too. he's like honorary. Yeah, yeah. Like his stuff, when you just see like the way he plays it on SNL is so good. So that's who I'd say. I know that's he's not an official cast member, but yeah, like you said, honorary. I'd count it. I mean, he's he has the hosting record and stuff. Yeah. That's a that's a good list. Yeah, uh, that's why I love going back and watching some of those and seeing things that I remember seeing years ago and 
you know, a lot of that stuff still holds up, which is pretty good. Totally. Yeah. I'm a big comedy nerd. I actually went to uh second city, did improv and writing training and stuff. And Oh, cool. Yeah. Did, they're in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did stand up for a bit. Ben fucking saw me flop on my ass doing that a couple times <laughs> back in the day. You know, again, this is all how you end up doing a podcast when you hit 30. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, so I'm a big nerd for that shit and it's, it's great. When I was in second city, I remember I was in class with a couple of really funny people and one guy, Chris Red, he's on SNL now. I took class with him at a second city. So I'm, oh, I'm wow. glad oh, if it cool. couldn't be me, at least somebody I knew yeah. made it, you know, that's cool. I was saying shit, at least the, the talented one between the two of us got somewhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm I'm all about that uh, SNL. Did you were you ever a fan of uh, Fridays or Mad TV? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see as much of, of those shows, but I, I I do like some of the sketches there. Even in Living Color and stuff, they had some classic stuff. Oh, too. totally. I, I miss Mad TV. Yeah, there were some really good ones. Yeah, man. Bobby Lee was great on there, and Artie Lang. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, at the time, it was better than SNL personally yeah they were they would like be edgier which usually led to better results right yeah plus they didn't have like musical guests sometimes awkwardly being in sketches (laughs) right right that's That's true true. the musical sketches were always at the very end and they would only do like a quarter of the song it was like 40 seconds and then it would cut out to the credits it was like what's the point of filming and having it in the show if like you're not going to show a full performance oh yeah oh yeah yeah. Uh, what else was good sketch? Kids in the Hall. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some good sketch comedy on. Uh, I'm glad. I'm always glad to see it. You ever seen um any like live in a theater? That that's something I'd like to do more of is to see some live like sketch comedy or like improv. I like seeing that. Um. So did you, I, ever, I wanna... did you ever do improv or anything? You know, a little bit. Like back in college, I did some of that. And um, actually took some classes in it and stuff just to help with like television and radio and stuff, you know, doing doing that for a real life job. So um, also just to help kind of direct that type of thing, too. So I, I sort of did it just so I could understand it more. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that sort of thing. I like I like improv and, you know, coming up with stuff on the fly. Um, I've done like a, a like theater and stuff in, in recent years, you know, kind of like community theater stuff where there is a little bit of that. And I, I like it. Oh shit! All right, are you a tech? Or are you on stage? Um, on stage, I've been doing some on stage stuff the past couple of years. Like not a lot, but like you know, when when there's time or when there's a really cool show or something, um, I'll do that just because it's it's kind of a something I've always wanted to do, you know. And it's 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 fun. What was the last show you were in? Uh, Little Shop of Horrors was the last one, and uh, I played Mister Mushnik, which was funny. Like because uh, and and it was funny. The um, that was the first show I ever saw. Um, when I was like in eighth grade and my uncle was in it and he was Mr. Mushnik and I like watched the tape of him over and over and over. So when I went to audition, um, they had kind of already filled in all the roles and they said, well, the only role we have is Mr. Mushnik. And I was like, well, I know that song. And I basically did the audition exactly as that tape was. And they were like, okay, you got, the, you got it. That's all right. We, you could do it. Cause, but I was basically just like imitating my uncle from when I saw him in eighth grade. That's, that's what that was. So it was funny. Nice. Yeah. 
it's cool. But yeah, I also did like a show where um, it was a Christmas play for uh, It's a Wonderful Life, where it was like a radio uh, play. And oh, I that's got to dope. Nine characters. And like you change characters like you were doing it on radio, but it was actually on a stage. And that was really cool, too. That was fun. Wow, that's pretty dope, man. I did yeah. not know you were so involved uh, in the arts. Yeah, I liked I love that stuff, man. I wish I could do more of it. So, you know, I think as time goes on here, I'd like to see if I could do a little more. It's cool. God, this year's got to be killing you then. Yeah, I know. This is rough. This is a rough year because like all the things I like doing are are gone at the moment, you know, so it's it's tough, man. It's tough. But at least we've got this. This is good. This is a good hobby that's still around, which is great. No, yeah, and th- this has been easy to lean into because everyone's at home. Yeah, yeah. And more people giving it a shot, which is good, you know, t- taking up podcasts, which is great. So, I it, like, this has been a year where, like, more people are tuning in saying, yeah, I didn't even know this was out there, but I like listening and, you know, gives me something to do. So I like it. Yeah, as as weird as the relationship is, we're happy to be whispering in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> that, if that relationship <laughs> exists, hey... We're happy you're here. Yeah. Oh, shit. If you're having a beer with us or you're at work, you should be having a beer with us. Exactly. Um, You know, it's it's good. good. And you're going to class. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're driving. Don't drink too much then. Or at all. You know, don't don't drink and drive. I'm going to go ahead and say that one just so there's no confusion. There we go. Don't do that. Um, anyway, we got some questions from Instagram, so let's, uh, let's tackle these guys. Marcelli 6400 says, if you could add theming to one ride, what ride would it be? And what would the theme be? Hmm. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I, one of my favorite type of flat rides are the SNS towers. Um, the, the, you know, the blast off towers i really like those and i think what i would do is like theme that i would take the new type of seating that they've designed oh, and yeah. i would make it into like uh like a like a dracula castle or something like that or make it into like a horror experience where you build up a castle around the tower and i don't maybe you'd make like the the actual tower itself like a spire or something and uh like shoot out of the dracula castle but it, i i really love what they did at islands of adventure with Dr. Doom and how, if you catch it on the right day, they fog up the whole area, you know, the launch area before you go up, I would do something like that. Cause I thought that was such a cool experience to kind of launch out of the fog. Uh, even after you hear like Dr. Doom's voice and stuff. So I think that's what I would do. I, w- I would take uh, like power tower at Cedar point and really create something cool and theatrical with that. So it would like start inside and then go upwards. Yeah. outside. Okay. Yeah. I wish more, like uh, parks would do that instead of just having those rides out in the open, like actually start indoors mm. and then blast out of the building. I think that'd be pretty cool. One, uh, the, well, the closest thing you can get is that SNS double shot. That's at the West Edmonton mall because it goes, oh, right. it's actually like, it actually goes through like a silo, um, like a, like a glass windowed silo, which is kind of fun. Yeah. With rafters, super close. Sure. Yeah, that I, I wish more parks did that because it's cool to like blast off past things, you know, like yeah. even that little bit of Islands of Adventure is cool how they do that. I have two comments I have to make. First of all, I found it absolutely hilarious on last week's Coaster Radio when you were talking about the uh, SNS, the new SNS vehicles <laughs> for the towers mm-hmm. and like EB thought they just independently spun and he was like getting <laughs> super stoked on it. 
and you were like, well, I'm, I'm not sure if that's really how they work. <laughs> like, yeah, because I, I wasn't wanting to say like, EB, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's not it. Because also I was like, maybe I read it wrong. I started thinking like, maybe he really read it the right, you know, the way that he thought it was. And, and I was like, well, I don't I don't think so. But then thankfully he looked it up there real the fast. The way you were like dancing around it was very dad-like and it yeah. made me laugh where it's just like, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how it works, buddy. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Because then I was actually thinking, well, maybe I'm wrong, too. And I was looking it up frantically as we were talking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that just, that, Back in the day, I would have edited out. But then nowadays, I'm just like, no, that was kind of funny. There's just the uh, you know, discussion about it. So, Oh, no, that was too good. I'm really glad you left that in. Because yeah, I love yeah. that. I was, I was cracking. I was driving out to Cedar Point and I had you guys playing. And I was just dying. Yeah, it's funny, like stuff like that, that I would have been terrified to leave in early on. Now I'm just like, yeah, let's leave it. Yeah, yeah, because he well, he was getting like super stoked on it. Yeah, like thinking, oh, my God, it's free spin. He's like, no, no, these seats totally spin independently. And yeah, and at one point I think he was saying that, oh, no, you control it. You control how it is. I was like, oh, I don't think I don't think the park's going to leave it up to you, I think. It's like, oh, no, you totally no. get to do it yourself. And you're like, I'm I'm not really sure if that's yeah. uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think so, man. I don't, like you said, I don't think so, buddy. I don't think so. <laughs> that was that was too funny. And the other thing I had to think say was uh I made it out to Glenwood Caverns this year. And I oh, gotta yeah. say the haunted mind drop. Not only did I uh love hearing some familiar voices on there, I uh think that ride really is just incredible because it's so unique like similar to what you're kind of describing yeah a little bit like the inverse almost yeah dropping down into something you know like a cave that's cool man nobody's ever done that you know that's a, that's a, whoever came up with that over there was genius have you been on that ride i have not been on it eb went um they invited us out and i couldn't go that weekend because i had something for work and i was so pissed off I was so wanted to be out there, but uh, EB went. He loved it. He th- he said it's just as great as you think it is, um, especially because like don't doesn't the temperature change as you drop oh, down yeah, there? It's, it's cold. It's right? cold. Yeah. Literally, like took my breath. I couldn't even scream because it was like it's like the the fucking road runner cartoons. You know, you, one second you're there, next it's just your outline and dust. Yeah, yeah. You're like oh. <laughs> And it's, it's like just a jarring a, prop, right? Like it's it's kind of yeah, like yeah, and it's it just got the seatbelt. There's no like lap bar or over the shoulder restraint, so you feel like really free, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I rode um one of those drop towers from Stan Checkets at uh, Bigfoot on the Strip in um, Branson. They've got one, and it goes up 200 feet, and all they've got is the seatbelt. And that freaked me out, man. Like there's like like a drop ride where you really do feel it. There's nothing, nothing even to hold on to, man. Yeah, yeah. That one looks similar. I think it's the same ride vehicle. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where it's just that you know seatbelt coming across you there, and but that's awesome though. That's really cool. Well, it was great to hear you guys on there. Yeah, that was fun. That was a neat thing that they let us do. Um, you know, and and I'm surprised they they still are using it. You know, we we were thinking they'd use it like for the first couple of weekends and then get some professional people doing it. But yeah, man, it's still there, which is cool. Yeah, no, it's the it's the through line of the whole queue, the theme and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That is that is cool. I I, I always that's always something that 
even as a fan of this stuff that I always said, oh man, it'd be cool to do a voice for a theme park ride. And um, yeah, that's neat. But wait, wait do you guys hear? We're, we're actually a part of something that's coming up um, for Zamperla uh, that they're going to put at Coney Island next year. It was supposed to be this year, but it's coming for next year. And uh, EB and I have an even bigger part in that. So you're, I think you guys are going to like that. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool what they're working on. Nice. Yeah, that ride looks insane. What a... Yeah. Zamperla at Coney Island? Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have... It's been like making the rounds. They're starting to put out a little bit of... But it looks like that big water guillotine, you know, where it kind of like oh, brings cool. yeah. brings you up and it drops you down into that pool of water and a big splash. But um, it's going to be really cool because there's going to be an interactive part to it when you're at the top uh, in front of a video screen. And we did the voices for that. So... It's oh, gonna be wow. Pretty, yeah, it's going to be it's it's pretty cool. There's like an animated character that you encounter up there and you have to do what the character says. And uh, if you don't do what the character says, it affects what happens to you. So it's kind of interesting what uh, and, and basically like I had to record pages of script for this because of for all the different options um, that could happen. So it's it was really, really, really interesting. Wow. I didn't know it was going to be that interactive. Yeah. And, and they're even talking about um, giving people on the ground the opportunity to affect what happens to the riders. So you can pay like two or three bucks and go into this booth. And then there's a touch screen that says, you know, drench them, uh, make them bounce. And so somebody would get a chance to like affect the ride vehicle. So I, I thought that was like fascinating. Like we've never seen anything like that before. So I think that this is going to be you know, talked about a lot. I think this ride that they're, they're coming up with. Is it going to be indoor? No, it's going to be outdoors. So yeah, it's going to be like big, just big water ride, you know? So I I think that they're talking about it. 2021 is when they want to open it. It was supposed to be this summer, but they didn't get to build it because of, uh, you know, everything that was going on. Right. Yeah. It looks cool though. It looks cool. Very interactive. So I'm curious how it's all going to work and, you know, how long, if, if, if it's going to be just a prototype or if they're going to build it for other places. Well, I was going to say, Ben, uh, sent out that video and he put the text, would you trust this ride at Mount Olympus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think now, hopefully only parks that can be responsible with those rides actually get them. Yeah. It looks scary, man. Like uh, the, the video that was out there a couple of days ago with two guys sitting on top of that thing. <laughs> it looks oh, scary. Yeah, I saw that. I wonder. Yeah, if but it, so it's going to be like a big row of people, like two rows of people, kind of like those uh, top spins. You know, it's going to be like that. So, I wonder if it's going to be pure free fall. I think they can program it to do that, but then I think they can also program it to bounce kind of like the SNS towers do uh, too. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of different things it can do, which is cool. And I think that's why, um, you know, the character that you interact can make you do different things based on your reactions up there. So really cool. Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Like they showed us very early on just what the ride system could do. And it was all animations at that point. But yeah, then, then they sent us video one day of like them testing it in Italy. And I guess that's what they're doing right now, like now testing it with live riders on it. So pretty cool. That's got to be pretty uh, exciting to be like involved. Yeah, that was really nice of those guys to do that. And I, and we also actually voice another ride at uh, Coney Island, like their swinging galleon ship. 
um, we do voices of pirates on that. So I, I don't know, like <laughs> maybe they're just like, Hey, here's free voiceover work from, you know, that these guys will do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening, but, but man, it's fun. It's kind of fun just to be in on it, you know, and just, that's always been a dream of mine to do that for, for some attractions. It's really cool. No, totally. That's really dope. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see if it all comes true, you know, and, you know, they'll probably end up getting like a real voiceover person to do it, you know, for when the ride really opens. But at least right now for all the testing, I know they've been using, you know, our voices, which is really cool. Well, you know, that means you guys are going to end up in some IAPA footage that they'll be selling that ride with. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping just to get to ride it once with our voices, at least once before they make any changes or anything. So <laughs> I think that would be so surreal to see that, but. We'll see. Well, maybe that'll be the program it comes with if you buy one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can yeah, replace they, it, but by standard, it has these. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm excited to see that ride be built and see what people think of it. Because already just the little, you know, people are thinking it's nuts. I've seen like on social media, people just thinking it's crazy looking ride. So I love shit like that. Lo. Like just like the crazy looking rides. Yeah. Where it's yeah. Like just something you've never seen before. And that's. That's that for sure. Yeah, it's like who the fuck thought of that? I don't. That's amazing. Like you know. Yeah, so different. I love it. It's great to see so much cool innovation still happening. Because yeah, you think we would have run out of things by now, but yeah, every year at IAPA and other places, you're just seeing new stuff, which is great. I mean, all you got to do is go on YouTube and look up a like a twelve year old's no limit coaster <laughs> like videos, yeah. and it's like kids who have absolutely all the free time in the world just building these crazy rides yeah that, that toilet paper coaster thing that's fun oh, is yeah. to see you know people's no limits creations or like planet coaster just like people who have all this time but they come up with amazing stuff yeah i i love those and i love like you guys encouraged that too like with your uh, real design contest you just wrapped uh not that long ago yeah and that was fun just to see what people came up with and there were some really like amazing ideas. Even some ideas that didn't get into the top 10 were so good. We were having a lot of arguments behind the scenes of like, no, put this one in or somebody else would make a case for another one. But yeah, just a lot of creativity out there, you know? And that's, that's what's awesome about this industry is that there's room for it, you know, and that people just can get jobs and do great things. In all the years you've run that, have you ever had anyone who has competed in it go on to like actually do it for a living? I think so. There was one person I know who uh, was like a semifinalist or a finalist or something and actually went on to work for Disney Imagineering. I think they did. I think somebody else went on to work for one of the roller coaster designers, too. Um yeah. So uh, like, yeah, I, I think there's been at least two or three who have gone on and then other people who have gone on to work in like management at the parks and things like that. So, so yeah, I think most of the people who, jo- you know, some people who who do it, like just want to have some fun and come up with some ideas, but you can tell some people's entries are people who are trained for it or are in college training for it. And so it's kind of cool to see them go on and do stuff. Totally. That's really awesome. I'll be honest. I had, I had an idea, but I didn't want to enter since we were doing our segment for you guys and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Cause then if we, right. Put if, it through, somebody would be like, wait, it's cause you know that. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear right. You. So I didn't even want to put it out there, but since you're here now, I'll run it by you just to see what your take is. Oh, good. All right. You remember, ah, oh, fuck. I forget the name of the movie about the, the aliens 
and they go to talk to him and they have the language. Oh, that. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. And they went to that room and it was like bright lights. Yeah. yeah. OK, yeah, yeah. so that movie is the theme and it's a drop ride. And so you go up to the top and it's like that room at the top. And then there's like a scene up there and then you drop. I like that. That'd be cool. Cause yeah, that was a like really cool. Like you went to that weird alien ship and all that stuff. Yeah, that would, that would work. And see, yeah. that's what we were talking about with the drop ride, like having a theme to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I figure you could theme the queue to like build up the story for it. And, and if you had the right budget, you could even put, you know, screens the whole way up and down. Yeah. But that was Man. my kind of idea. But yeah, I didn't want to send it in because didn't even want a chance looking weird with your listeners. Yeah. And some people get all freaked out about it. And, you know, hey, that person works on the show or that person does something on the show. You're letting them. In. Yeah, we get that happens every now and then people get real touchy about things like that sometimes. Well, glad you think it was at least a cool idea. My stoner brain like can it. come up with something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> And I love I love themed rides like that anyway, like where you just take a, a ride that most parks don't theme. But imagine if you did be cool. Do you get any like absolutely balls to the wall, crazy ones where you're like, well, that's a ambitious. But uh, yeah, there there are some that are just like so out there that it would never work. Um, and, and sometimes we, we EB wants to put it through just to see what would happen. <laughs> Um, but there's some that would cost like a billion dollars if we if the idea was really there. So sometimes those, you know, we like and it's really cool. But if you showed it to the judge, the judge would be like, wait, what? I don't even know what this is. Like, how do I judge this? So so we try to put ones through that the judges would actually be able to really talk about for real, you know, and not think that it was just some crazy planet coaster design or something, you know, something that could be done in real life. What have you ever had any that you're like really gunning for? Oh yeah. Each of us always have our favorites and they were kind of bummed if they get knocked out. Um, and there were some this year that I really liked that didn't make the top 10, even though I was pushing for them, you know, we had sort of a, a group of people helping to judge and you know, there, there were ones I really liked. I'm trying to remember which one, which one it was. I don't know. Somebody came up with a really cool Scooby-Doo idea that was really different. I know there are other Scooby-Doo rides out there, but it was a really great kind of haunted attraction. Um, I, I There were some that were really good, like kind of scarier attractions that I wanted to put through, but didn't make it. But yeah, so that, that's the hardest part is when like one that you think is really great doesn't doesn't go. Yeah, I like I got to admit, you guys make that contest really uh, cool and exciting to listen to because I kind of pictured in my head when you first like an, announced the rules of it, just like a bunch of kids submitting like no limits yeah. coasters that yep. just like yep. have the name of a movie, you know? Right, right. And that's that's one thing we sort of worried about when we did it the first time was, you know, what are we going to get? What is this going to be? Um, but, you know. But people actually take it seriously and come up with good stuff. And, you know, it's fun. And I, I always worry about like, oh, man, is it going to be boring talking about this? Like, we're not talking about something that's real. We're just talking about ideas. But for the most part, people kind of kind of like it. And yet there are people who hate it. And there are people who are like, I'm not listening to the next five episodes if that's what you're doing. But, you know, but I, th I think it's cool to like give over some of the show just to creativity. I like that. Have you guys ever thought about doing something like um, setting up like a No Limits contest or like an RCT contest or Planet Coaster? Yeah. We were kicking around the idea of like a Planet Coaster thing because you could do a lot of theming with that. Um, but then we were worried that there are people who are just so good at it. 
and then others who maybe are just starting out. And so like, you know, would it give too much of an advantage to people who maybe have already created stuff, you know, but still, I, maybe, maybe that's all right. Maybe that's all right. You know, it, it's fun to, I love going on YouTube and seeing what people have done. Like sometimes it just blows you away. Like how, and how much time that takes, like it probably takes months to create some of that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, ben and I have a friend who has an exact, literally to the minute recreation of great America in roller coaster tycoon Two. Oh, wow. Wow. That he made back in 2005 and he's kept up to date. Like he's worked at the park and he'll like, oh, this train is on the transfer track today. So he goes into his park at the end of the day, (laughs) moves train three. Oh, this piece of fence got painted. He'll paint that piece of fence. It's like, oh, wow. So yeah, that's dedication, man. That's dedication to it. Yeah, that's cool. That, That should go and open RCT so people can look at it. And yeah, actually, like as far as a contest, I thought it'd be fun to do like an open RCT multiplayer park and then everybody could build one ride. So it's like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got like five minutes or something. Ben, don't give Coaster Radio our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Coaster Radio, really, I mean, hey, if you guys did that, that'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I tried doing No Limits once and it just realized how hard it is. And even Planet Coaster, I was playing around with it and I was like, I realized after playing with it for a couple hours, like how how long some of those people who create those incredibly detailed things, how long that takes. And you just got to You got to give them, you know, pat on the back for that. And like a lot of credit because that just man, it's like artists, you know, it's like it's art. That's the way I see it. I know it's like a goofy theme park game, but it's also art to be able to do that. Well, you could always have like a multi-tiered, like basically have like tag your own entry as like beginner, intermediate or advanced. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And maybe you make the prizes like, you know, the beginner one is, you know, a certain prize, but the advanced one is really a good prize, you know, just so people. Well, well, to talk shop a little bit, um, you know, Planet Coaster has a council release coming out. You guys have a much more sizable audience than we do and are probably also much more marketable. Hmm. So you could probably do something with them. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. That could be fun. We might have to do that. Maybe we'll do that. I would highly suggest it. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can help judge. Oh, I was going to say, if you need judges, I'm sure we'd be happy to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, maybe we'll look into that. I think that's a good idea, especially with like the way things are now. You know, if people aren't going to parks, people are looking for something to do. So that could be fun. Yeah, totally. Man, I love watching. I love watching those things, you know, and it's very visual. And I think that's cool even to talk about it on the podcast. But people can then go to YouTube and watch the videos. So you should make people send in videos of their parks so you don't need to play them. And then you can post them and people can watch them, too, and know what you're talking about. I love it. Yeah, you know, we can even do like uh kind of talk throughs, you know, or like the old DVD commentaries as and talk over it. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, everybody press play at this second and we'll all There you go. Yeah. But yeah, no. All right. Um sorry, I, I definitely have to make sure we service the listeners who do send in questions. But this is definitely uh, you know, how we've been running our show is just letting conversation take over. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, that's the best. That's, that's where the best content always comes from. Absolutely. I'm getting the beer. Cheers. There um, we go. So our buddy, and I got to give shouts to Brandon, but uh, at on Instagram, he's at Haiti Rhodes. 
asks, puss or boots and favorite pre-lift segment? Oh, that's a good question. I guess you would have to. I, I, I'm just going to go with boots just for, for the hell of it. That's okay. pretty good. Um, and then favorite pre-lift segment. I like, is it Baron, the Baron ride at Efteling? That's got like kind of a pre-show before you go up the lift. Oh yeah, yeah, that ride's got like some crazy theming on it. Yeah, I like that. I I, I like the idea of being on a, a B and M, you know, uh, style ride <laughs> as a pre-show. I think that's cool. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty awesome. So I think that's what I'm going to go with my pr- favorite pre-lift segment. I might, I mean, I could go with a JoJo roll somewhere, but yeah, yeah man, I think I, I like that. Speaking of dive coasters and JoJo rolls, I always thought that the the like 10 across dive coaster would be amazing with a Jojo roll with those wide ass tracks. Oh yeah. That would be, that would be cool. It would look, yeah. The 10 across one. Yeah. It'd look really crazy and it'd probably be out, like crazy on the outside. Yeah. I was going to say true. like, depending on how high the station is, you might really reach close to the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's like, those trains are massive, man. Those like, I, I actually had, it got a chance to go under Griffin's, um, in, in their station house, like to kind of, or where the, you know, their maintenance shed and stand under it. And that thing is just huge. Like when you stand under it, you just realize like how heavy that thing is and how big that thing is going 10 across like that. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean the, the like dive coasters and the wing coasters have got to be the heaviest trains. Yeah. And then they kind of just go glide along. So gracefully, man, you it's, it's kind of cool to think of that, about how heavy those things are. Wow. So I haven't been on Griffin. Is that got like more of the, I know it's got the old school restraints, which is cool. Does it have more of the like forceful between sections on like the elements? You know what I'm saying? Like the older B&Ms tend to have like very forceful, like snappy. Um, This I think is when they were getting away from that a little bit. So it, it's got a little bit of the snap as you come out of the first inversion there, but not really like it, it depends on where you sit. Um, I think if, if I remember, if you sit in like the back uh, and the side, you feel a little bit of the snap, but mostly it's very smooth coming out, you know, not not very forceful at all. Yeah, I was going to say, in fact, yeah. I think it. I thought it was a little less forceful than Shikra. I thought Shikra. Yeah, I think Shikra for me is the more forceful of the U.S. dive coaster. Yes. Absolutely. I when I went down to Tampa and I, I'd ridden Griffin for years and then finally rode Shikra and I was like, whoa, that you could see really feel the difference there for sure. So that's way more forceful than Yeah. Griffin. I think it's because those they were trying to avoid the vibration of those super long trains. And then they were like, All right, ten across is not working. So now they're going with the narrow ones, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the two I've been on are Shikra and Valraven, and those are basically worlds apart. Yeah, right. One's one's like a bent-up paperclip, and one's a shoelace with some bends in it, basically. Yeah. So, not that either are bad. It's just very different when it's like intensity and force comes into play, you know? Mm-hmm, Yeah. How do you feel about uh, like new versus old B and M's, Mike? I, ugh, I I like things about both of them. Um, I'm more like I like a good like smooth coaster, like smooth, uh, fast, and you know like and and with lots of airtime. That's my favorite type. But I also like I liked 
you know, as much as I like Griffin for those reasons, when I wrote Sheikra, I was like, whoa, that was cool because it was like whipped you around a little more. And I like that surprise. Um, so I kind of like B&Ms, especially like, you know, like because you never know what you're going to get, especially if you're riding an old one versus a new one. So, you know, especially if you've been riding new ones for so long and then you go back and ride something like Great Bear, which will surprise you, you know, with how or, or like uh, what was the other one at Cedar Point? Um, oh, man, I'm skipping. Gatekeeper. I'm, I'm, yeah, like that's interesting. But then also, uh, what's the invert there? I'm, oh, I'm Raptor. Dropping. Raptor, yeah. Like Raptor, when I wrote that, I was like, holy crap. Like that was just so. Oh, man, so Raptor's so good. It's so forceful. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's kind of cool to like just see how they've changed over time. It's interesting. So what's like we, we kind of nailed down that like around 2004 to 2008 is when that. Change silver. really took place. Silver yeah. bullet uh-huh. was the silver bullet through BM soul. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think it was. It was that, and then they did the um behemoth type of trains and the flying coasters with the Vestra strains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hydra, which was cool, but also kind of weird and not super fun. Yeah. It was like I felt like Hydra was an it was when you're building a no, a no limits coaster and you like over smoothed it with the smoothing tool to where it was like, Oh, you took out like every possible transition there could be. And you're just trying to like, right. It's like you're skiing like side to side swishy. So like, I know you really like Apollo's chariot, Mike, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think mostly because it's the one I ride the most often. So it's kind of like, it, it reminds me of like some, you know, summer and stuff. It's kind of my, my go-to. I mean, it, there are probably better hyper coasters out there and even better B and M hyper coasters out there. But I always like just the airtime on that ride is so incredible. And that um, twisting dive at the back end of it is so cool. Especially if you sit in the far left seat and like the back, it's just amazing. You know, that the feeling of that and, uh, just the airtime on the run coming back home is so cool. It's so great. Like I, I, I can't think of a better airtime roller coaster that I've been on, other than that. You know that has that perfect floater air that I like. Yeah, no, I love that one. It's been oh shit, fifteen years since I've ridden it, but huh? um, I remember it has that one like triangular hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yep. And it's not even like ejector exactly, but it's like really aggressive floater. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's just a cool sensation. Yeah. And I also the thing I love about that roller coaster is that the hill height just varies throughout it. And because they're using the terrain. So like, you know, the last hill, um, you know, the last drop is, is is higher than the two before it, you know, it's really cool to think about that and how that, how they built it that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. and that's probably the only B&M hyper where the turnaround is actually interesting. Yes. Because you're right. it's on that hill. Yeah. You know, just a gigantic helix. And, and the cool thing about it is as you're driving into the park, you're just driving along the whole ride there and you see it, you know, kind of gets you excited for the day. Really cool. God, I got to get back to that park. I know. Yeah. Remember the whole it's great video thing? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Got smacked in the face with that goose. Can you imagine that if you're a PR person and you see the train coming back and you're like, oh, we've got Fabio and then he's covered in blood. Right. You're like, oh, how? there's no way we're spinning this. There's some feathers. I love yeah. I love his like, interview afterwards, too, where he's like complaining yeah. about it. And he's like yeah. talking shit about the safety <laughs> of the park or something. 
<laughs> yeah, they were like, just let them talk. We're not spinning it <laughs> over. Yeah. Like they need to do something to make sure this does not happen. Yeah, yeah. this could happen to someone else or like a chi- a kid or uh, someone could die. Yeah. <laughs> he gets smacked in the face, man. And there are all those women around him with like the togas on and they're covered in blood too. It's just, oh, so bad. <laughs> Get smacked in the face. I'm just like, you know, what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> and the, especially, yeah, he's literally the only man on the train that looks like. Hey, everybody, we got shirts. Your favorite coaster sucks on the Amazon store. Check it out. Absolutely right. We do. We got a bunch of colors available and the shirts are in two different designs. We got the classic golden ticket logo and our Rolly ride logo. We also got 10 different colors, man. Yeah. Like you're wearing a shirt right now, so you could always use more shirts. Add to the collection. Get in a lot of crazy shit. Wear it in line for your least favorite ride. Tell every Thuzi their favorite coaster sucks. Make a fanboy of the Fury 325 cry. Very easy to do, all by sporting a Your Favorite Coaster Sucks shirt. We also got sweatshirts available through Amazon. We are now shipping to Germany and UK. So if you are out there listening to us, you can get our shit there too. Buy a shirt. Yeah, and it's all women in togas. And really, all it's so great. Like, it's just the greatest like, photo op. And then, <laughs> boom. And it hit him. Like, it didn't hit any of the women, it hit him. <laughs> Just what are the odds? What are the odds of that happening? Just like that's astronomical. <laughs> I love the. But now there are all those nets down there. I mean, I'm sure you've seen them too. They're net like there's no way a goose is coming in that area ever again. So that was it. Just the one time. Oh my god! I wonder. I'm trying to find a photo of a blood on the people behind him. Like, uh Yeah, I, they've done a good job. Like, it's hard to find a photo of that. Like, it's. I don't know if they've uh, got that, gotten rid of it, but oh, imagine like getting like, especially during the COVID era, imagine being on a ride and just having blood flying to your face. Yeah. Oh. They're just lucky that there wasn't like cell phones back then. Like there are now. Oh yeah. Like smartphones and stuff. Cause if it was now you couldn't scrub it from the internet, that that's just never oh, done. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. All the photos that exist, I'm looking at him now. He looks pissed. Like, you know, he doesn't, he's not smiling. He's like, he's angry, man. I'll put it out there to our listeners. If you know anyone who was there that day, especially if they were on that ride, we would love to talk to them. So yeah, it was at that media day. There has to be somebody. If there's somebody out there who was there, you know, we'd love to talk to you about the incident because it seems to be just kind of a punchline on the internet but the actual story is kind of like from any other perspective is pretty gone yeah <laughs> so it'd, it'd be great to hear back. it'd be great to hear like yeah i was there that day i was supposed to ride but then they shut the ride down for three hours and nobody else could ride and then they decided like oh i guess we'll just open alpengeist because we can't open that ride because of the goose and we don't want anybody talking about it i wonder yeah i wonder if anyone uh or what did the ride open on time then i think it did because they they pretty much figured nothing was wrong with the ride so i think it opened exactly as it was supposed to like the next day and you know i remember that i remember that ride being open like you know not having any delays or anything but i think they did like put up that netting pretty quickly before they opened so they were like building the ride and like a construction manager was like 
uh, excuse me. Hey, we noticed that there's like a bunch of goose nests, yeah. <laughs> like directly in the path of the roller coaster. And and like some really compassionate suit was like, oh, well, OK, well, we'll adjust the ride. <laughs> and so they like have to send back the plans to B&M and they're like, no, no, there's a goose family here on this hill. So we need you to like change this hill. <laughs> and it costs yeah. like two million dollars because they're already fabricating the steel. <laughs> imagine and then it's like all right media day is gonna be fantastic (laughs) (laughs) and that happens and they're like fuck those geese kill them put up the nets (laughs) oh man all right uh so shuli schumacher wants to know hey what's up ryan he wants to know taco bell order you know, I, I was thinking about this because um, I saw this this question posed and I, you know, I have not had I'm I'm not joking. I have not had Taco Bell since college. Really? So I, I have not been to a Taco Bell since college. So I the only thing I remember getting in college were their soft tacos. Those are so good. So I, I, it almost made me like have a craving for them. Like to if they still sell your, those, I'm guessing they do. Your colon must be so happy with you. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it. It's like, wow, I have not been because there was like the Taco Bell right by the apartments where we lived. And but yeah. And, and maybe maybe it's because there isn't one nearby, like it, where I live, for whatever reason, there's like a not a Taco Bell nearby. But but I've just haven't had a craving uh, for it till now that when thinking back to college. So but we used to always get like the soft tacos. We'd like order like a bunch of them and bring them back to the apartment or the dorm. You just wait until Virginia passes legal marijuana. <laughs> yeah, then then it'll go. We'll go get it. I like it. There will be a Taco Bell. <laughs> you will have a sudden demand. You you will suddenly know exactly where the 24-hour Taco Bell is nearest <laughs> to you. Yeah, it it it'll like call to me, I think. Yeah. That info just becomes public knowledge then. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of that, on the bag that you get the weed in, I think. Speaking of talking exactly. about sounds like something I should order right now. I think you should. I miss I miss Mexican food for fu- like seriously. I'm so Wait, glad. did you just call what what does Taco Bell have to do with Mexican food? I'm a little <laughs> confused. No, I know. I just want a burrito. Whether it's in the form of Taco Bell or real Mexican food, I just want a burrito. Okay, oh, yeah. Th- that's fine. I'm just saying you're calling Taco Bell Mexican food. No, that's no. that's really a stretch. But yes, just saying a burrito. Okay, I'll give you that one. No, I'm just saying like from because Seattle had awful Mexican food. They didn't know how to do tacos, green chili, burritos. You couldn't find a case anywhere. Like now that I'm thinking about it. You're in Denver. You A, have Del Taco. B, have like real good Mexican food. Well, I would say I think Texas does Mexican food way better than Colorado. But there's good burrito places here. I live in the burrito capital of the city. So there's a burrito capital inside of Denver. No, I made that up. But um, okay. (laughs) Okay, so no, no joke. There are six places I can get a $2 breakfast burrito within three blocks. Wow. I thought you were about to be like, there are 15 food trucks within a 10 minute walk from my apartment. No, no food trucks over here. I'm by, um, I'm back in that same neighborhood. Oh, so you're by Elitch Gardens. 
I'm closer to Hooker Street. Okay. Yeah. Ben Ben did live on Hooker Street when he lived in Denver before. <laughs> it's still on my driver's license. I'm not changing it. <laughs> I wouldn't either. That's I mean, if you actually live on Hooker Street, there's that's too good. <laughs> um so Danon Rafferty is a friend of the show. He asks, uh, if you could bring back any former park, which one would it be and why? Hmm. I think I'm going to say, I would say Hard Rock Park just because I would want to see the Knights in White Satin Dark Ride. But I, I, the one I'm going to go with is Opryland USA because I, I visited that when I was a sophomore in high school and I loved it. It was like one of the best days at a theme park ever. It was really cool. They had some really interesting rides, um, including, and I should have looked this up before. Maybe I'll look it up on RCDB, but there was a ride that was indoors that was like sort of a, a Southern country space mountain type ride. It was very like futuristic in space, but you'd wear these 3D goggles in there. And basically they just had laser lights and stuff. But I remember it was so cheesy, but so great. So great. So I, I remember that, but I, I loved Opryland USA. It was like the perfect Southern theme park. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to look that up, what that ride was, but it was cool. That sounds really interesting. It was a fun park. And it was just like the, I remember the, the, the staff was great. And it was just like a, a beautiful spring day. We were there and just, it was fun. And I was so sad when they tore it down. That I've like heard about that, but I think it's like a mall now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like, um, a lot of the park is, and I think it's funny. I think even um, some of the Whitewater Rapids ride is still visible and they actually have it as part of the mall. Um, they kept some of the theming there, which is interesting, but Whoa. yeah. And, and that ride, by the way, it was called chaos. It was um, a Vacoma ride and basically was like indoors. Oh. Um, but they, you'd actually wear 3d glasses. Um, and RCBB doesn't have any pictures of it except the outside of the building, but it was like, just a, a really weird space mountain ripoff, but I loved it. Yeah, that's at uh, Bobby Online, I think. Now we we weren't we talking about that Zach recently. Oh yeah, we might have been. Yeah, now I think they moved that one to wherever that park is. The Belgium? No. Did does it say it's relocated on RCDB, Mike? It it doesn't on this page. Oh, maybe there's. Um, but maybe it maybe it was. Well, I mean, Dwayne's usually pretty on top of it, but I yeah, mean, maybe. who knows? I don't know. I'm not about to go head to head for trivia for that. Yeah. <laughs> We're down to make some dumb jokes about, you know, shit on your podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go for like trivia night at a at Ace Coaster Con or anything like. There you go. Yes. Yeah. You don't want that. So. I would live. Oh, yeah, that was a cool park. That was, if if anybody ever has a chance to get, like go up and look at pictures of that, it was a fun. It was a fun, fun park. It was good. The the only thing I really know about that park is that they had an SLC at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember, and they had a really great Whitewater Rapids ride too. Like it was a really long one. Well, that's um, cool that like they at least have part of it there that people can look at still. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just a bummer. It's a bummer that that park didn't survive because I just remember it. I remember being really impressed because even then I sort of knew what was a good theme park and what wasn't. And just remember thinking like, wow, this is this is a great place to spend a day. It's weird that like there's Opryland that was in Tennessee and like what's it? Heritage USA that was in South oh, Carolina. Yeah. Just like a uh-huh. couple of these like one off theme parks that lived and died in the South. 
Yes. You know, of course, the Heritage USA was like linked to, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and. Right, right. That whole yep. thing. So that was doomed to fail from the beginning. But, you know, either way. <laughs> oh, so I need to clarify that I can't find that coaster at Bobby Unland on RCDB. So hmm. I don't maybe I got something way wrong. Probably the coaster radio fact checkers right here. There you go. <laughs> Prairie coasting. I guess he snuck in, too. That's all right. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> What's the best fast food chain in America? Hmm. Or America, as he specifically put it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A a lot. Um, but I also like Burger King. Burger King is good. Depends on if you want a hamburger or a uh, a chicken sandwich. But I, I love Chick-fil-A. That's a, like a go-to around here. You know, especially for fast food when we do have fast food here. You're like in the D.C. area, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What, what's like, what's a regional food item there? That's a good question. I don't I don't really know if we're known like I guess like there's there's a place in DC called Ben's Chili Bowl that's really famous. So maybe that. Okay. But man, it's hard it's hard to think of a thing that's like DC like here's the DC food that you come here to get or the drink, you know, so there there really isn't anything unlike, you know, Philadelphia or even Chicago or something like that. I know a little bit couple hours even less out you need to get some good ass seafood but that's not your little inland for that right right yeah so dc is hard they dc doesn't have like a famous thing food wise as far as i know we were even like a famous um uh chain or anything that that came from here interesting yeah Yeah. i I never thought about dc with food before yeah right like there's nothing really yeah that's why the only thing i can think of was the ben's chili bowl which is sort of the famous restaurant like obama ate there and stuff you know so like that's that's the only thing i can think of when somebody would say oh where do i have to eat when i go to dc that that's the first thing to come to mind it's it's just surprising there's not like you know gotta get a dc baked potato or whatever you know yeah right yeah yeah no there's nothing there's nothing like that at all dcbakedpotato.com (laughs) <laughs> maybe somebody should do it somebody should come up with that then you should serve those at your tiki bar there you go maybe that's it get a mike's famous baked potato yeah there you go i need to open a tiki bar here i know the uh, slater's gonna open one in missouri so i can open one here in dc that's gonna be that would be great i heard you you have quite a tiki bar yeah it's pretty cool um you know it's it started off small and it's just been growing um, there's there's this area in my house which is like too small to do anything major with. Um, it's kind of like a landing that looks over the living room, and so when we kind of looked at it, we said this is like a perfect spot to do like a tiki bar, and uh, we built it up, and it's just it's grown over time just with like stuff, and um, it kind of has a very similar look to Trader Sam's at Disneyland. That was kind of the inspiration there, uh, but it's cool. It's cool. It's even got a little storyline and stuff, and. Uh, We've had some good parties and stuff there. It's fun. Has that place served as a good reprieve now that you've been a dad for two years plus? Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is that my daughter loves to go and play behind the bar. Like, so she'll climb back there and like, you know, play around like as the, um, the, the bar, like she can't reach the top of the bar, but she can reach the shelves behind it. So she moves things around and it's actually really cute to watch her go back there. And I always laugh like, I always say like, yeah, you know, when I built this bar, I didn't think that a two-year-old would be back there using it as her playground, but 
<laughs> yeah. So I've had to move like all the booze bottles out of the way. And now all she's got is like little plates and stuff that she plays with there. It's really funny. But it is my reprieve. I like it when she goes to bed. Sometimes we'll go down there and, you know, mix a drink or something and kick back, especially during this time. So what's your go to drink you like to mix? The the best one I've ever had. It's called a jet pilot. And um, I was at this place in New York City once called Mother of Pearl. And I was there at 2 a.m. And, you know, they're getting ready to shut the place down at three. And I was talking with the bartender about like uh, tiki drinks and stuff. And she said, here, I'm going to make you something. It's on the house. Try this. And it was a jet pilot and it was super strong. And um, I, I we she gave me her email address afterwards and I emailed her and I said, you have to give me the list of ingredients and how you did it. Like, I need the exact thing. And she was cool. She actually like, you know, sent me the, okay, you need these three rums. You need this liqueur to add in. You need all this stuff. And dude, it's the best, the best drink ever. Like I've, I've made it for people and they're like, yeah, that's easily like one of the best drinks I've ever had. So good. And I actually have to bring in the rum. Like there's a special rum that I can't get in DC. So I have to like have it shipped in from San Francisco. So I always try to like get like six bottles of it just so it's here on hand. That'll last me a good long time. Damn. So you yeah. go all out to make it just right. Just right. Yeah. Because she said, if you get like these three rums, they, it'll replicate exactly what she made. And it's so good. And I've tried it with different rums and it's not the same. It's like the three rums she picked were perfect. So yeah. So it, like just so, yeah, what I'll do is like, just, you know, to make the shipping worth it, I'll say, okay, give me six bottles of that thing. And that'll last me a long time. So. Oh man. I, uh, yeah. that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been saying like once all this, I mean, not to date what we're talking about, but once the election is all over, like if, if things go well, I'm going to make myself a big jet pilot and kind of sit back and put my feet up and have a big smile. So we'll see. Oh, cheers to that, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope I can uh, try one of those. At yeah. Some point. It's really good. It's really good. I'll have to get that uh, recipe. Or maybe yeah. if I'm in the D.C. area. <laughs> yeah, you stop by. I'll show you the bar and. Set it up, make you a jet pilot, man. You, you, you have to hang out for a while, though, because it's it's strong. It's a strong drink. Most tiki bars will only sell you two. So it's kind of funny. It's it's a really strong one. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's got like some 151 proof rum in there. It's really it's really strong, but it's so good. It's like one of those drinks that you can drink and it's not like doesn't taste strong. So that's where you can get in trouble because you're just sitting there enjoying it. And next thing you know, I, uh, I did find it on I Googled it. Yeah, it's got it's got some good stuff in there. It's got like grapefruit, cinnamon. Wow. Sounds sounds pretty fancy. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. It's kind of fun to put it in a mug, tiki mug, and yeah, it's cool. The only tropical drink I've had really that I can remember is I tried one called a tropical itch. Oh yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some places uh sell it to you with a back scratcher put in the drink. That's that's <laughs> how I had it served to me. I was yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah, it's good. I was okay. That's what it specifically comes from. The whole back scratcher thing. Yep. All right. Yeah, there's some good. There's uh, there's like some great books out there too about like tiki drinks and stuff. And it's really it's a whole culture that's out there of people who do that. It's kind of fun. Just like we have a whole culture with uh, theme parks and coaster enthusiasts. There's tiki enthusiasts having the same arguments, the same type arguments, and everything. It's great. So, do you have a lay that you like to wear if you're mixing drinks? I, I we've got some, but I, I normally like I don't go as far as some of these people do with like Hawaiian shirts and stuff. Like I don't I don't go change into that or put those on. But uh, but if we're having like a tiki theme party, I might do that. 
and we've and we've got some that we can put on people but well, you, yeah for the most part i'm more like you know laid back about that stuff do you keep do you keep the cocktail umbrellas at the bar oh we've got those yeah we've got those because <laughs> people demand those they're like hey i need a cocktail umbrella so we've got that we've got all types of stuff that we put in the drinks like you know even things that like make it a little more exotic so like you know little toothpicks with like skulls on the top and stuff yeah damn do you set up tip jars at these parties because like you're going all out for these i I should because at these parties i'm working the whole time behind the bar i never leave it so you know so but a lot of people just hang around the bar and it's kind of fun to you know and people are even like hey let me try a sip of that rum that's back there there's like you know 20 or so bottles of rum behind the bar so it's fun it's a it's a good time to have a we were gonna actually do uh, for Coaster Radio, when we had a meetup, um, we were going to have everybody come to the Tiki Bar the night before, but something happened and we had to cancel the meetup because, I don't know, weather or something like that. But yeah, there was going to be a lot of uh, listeners in the bar one night. It was it was going to be pretty interesting. Holy shit, that's ballsy. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So yeah, we, I was like, EB, let's see what happens with this. Who knows? You know, But we may have to do that again sometime. Well, if you do, like Ben and I will come work security. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sit there with a couple jet pilots. You'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. No, and we'll hold the empty bottles in our hands just yeah. to make sure that we look threatening. There we go. I love it. <laughs> hey, back up from the rum. Mike, uh, Mike yeah, gets know, this right? shit from San Francisco. Back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, don't drink that down. You got to put your but drink orders with him and leave somewhere. a fucking tip. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? I was I was in Chicago and a friend of mine uh, took me into, is it Binnie's? Oh, is that yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah, and they had Binnie's. that rum at Binnie's. And I was like, holy shit. So I grabbed two of them. I was like, I'm t- I don't have to get it from uh, San Francisco. I got it here. So that's good. Yeah. So if you want it, I can tell you where it is and you can go get it. For sure. Yeah, no, I'll try making myself one. I'm Shit. You know, it gets cold as shit here in Chicago. I'm going to be locked in my apartment with my wife for... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's gonna be a long way. The next uh, six months or whatever. Yeah. God damn it. So you guys are in Chicago and Denver, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm in Chicago. Ben's out in Denver now. As yeah. of, as of now. <laughs> well, you've got two great uh, tiki bars because uh, um, Chicago has a couple: Lost Lake and what's the other? The other is um, uh, Three Dots and a Dash. And I've heard of Denver, that one. Yeah, Denver has a drift, which is really great. So you could probably go and have them make you a jet pilot there. Oh, and it'd be yeah. pretty awesome. So. Yeah, I know that place. Yeah, I yeah. think I do. Let me so, look it up quick. I feel like I've been yep. there a few times. Yeah, totally, totally great places, both of them. Yeah, shit. I think it. Fuck, I kept. I was supposed to go there with my sister like a couple months ago, but you know, the world is the world. So yeah, right, right. Well, when things get better again. Uh, go, but I know both of those places are doing carry out drinks. So, yeah, I and I and I, I definitely have been that. here like many times. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah both like awesome. So, yep, yeah. So, yeah, maybe they'll you could go get a carry out drink during all this. I'm gonna have to see if that's available because oh. that sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, I know they're doing it because I got an email from Three Dots and a Dash saying <laughs> you're doing carry out, and I was like, damn it. I'm too far out. But yeah. 
Well, that that makes me wonder, um, are you making any like tentative travel plans for next year or anything? Not yet. Um, I, but I'm but I'm starting to think about it at this point. This is where like I'm starting to say like, OK, maybe maybe by June, July, you know, we're going to be all right or closer to all right or at least, you know, be able to start moving around a little bit. Um, but I, I'm really looking maybe at the fall of next year. Like we're talking about maybe doing a coaster radio meetup in Orlando, um, in October, but you know, kind of iffy, iffy about that, but we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I definitely, I can't, I can't wait to get traveling again because this has been like just a whole year of not doing anything. It's been really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, we drove out to Vegas to do our wedding this year. That was dope. Oh, that's fine. Ben was my best man. I got married on the the roller coaster at New York, New York. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. That's cool. Yeah, it was a it was a good time, and the ride was it never lives up to his reputation as being so horrible. It's not. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. I mean, you can get a bad ride on it, you know, if you're sitting in the wrong seat. But mostly, it's all right. It's kind of like a shopping cart feeling, like the shockwave. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. But there's nothing like riding a roller coaster on the Las Vegas Strip, especially if you do it at night with all the lights and stuff. Yeah. Like you almost have to forgive the togo ness of the ride just because of like, you know, what you're seeing. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, like that's that is funny, though, how it's like if, you know, from like a roller coaster enthusiast perspective, it's like, what the fuck? But then for everybody else that pays for that ride, they're probably like, this is so fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think if like coaster enthusiasts stop being like critical, they would probably enjoy the hobby a lot more in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, that's like asking people to stop making like ranking their coasters and shit. Right, right. And if there's one thing coaster enthusiasts love, it's fucking food and getting into arguments over which ones are better. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Is that why you guys have always kind of distanced from like coaster enthusiasts in general? Well, I I think because our show started as not being that, you know, it's kind of not being an enthusiast show and more being like a show just for average fans. It's kind of always just we've always kind of felt that way. And, And EB always says like that he doesn't feel that we're accepted by coaster enthusiasts, even after all this time. Like he kind of feels that coaster enthusiasts still look down on the show. Um, and in a way, that's true. I think the majority of people who listen are either like, you know, not hardcore coaster enthusiasts or are hardcore enthusiasts who get what the show is and understand that it's just it's just a fun thing and not where it's two guys who are, you know, ultra knowledgeable and know every single fact and stuff, you know, all that stuff. So I but but at the same time, I think we have found that like some people who are like super hardcore enthusiasts just i don't know aren't aren't into what we do and so we've kind of just always like kind of shied away from you know getting involved with things with like ace and and people like that just because we we don't feel that they're they probably like what we do you know and maybe that's wrong maybe it's changed or something but i think it's always just kind of been that way well i mean you know this year with all things coming to light especially with the amount of ace members who have been uh you know Shown is doing really bad things and the club has not tried to really distance themselves from it. That was probably a good call in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know there was some stuff happening this summer and, you know, ugh. yeah, especially with like how, like, I, I, I didn't like seeing what was coming to light about how, you know, women 
have been treated in the hobby. And, and it's like one of the things that I don't like is that, you know, women don't feel comfortable in the hobby and like to see that women who are visible in social media or something get harassed and stuff like that. That's, that's no good. And we've talked for years at coast radio, like why aren't there more women listening? It's kind of weird, you know, that like, it's like, whatever it is, like we do a survey and we find out that it's like, you know, 95% dudes listening. That's kind of weird. Like why, why isn't it more, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I wish that it was more welcoming and I hope that it will be over time. I really do. Yeah. I think that's, it's like the hardcores, but I think it's generally expanding with the Mm -hmm. more accessibility to the scene through social media and YouTube and podcasting too. Like, it's just expanding the accessibility to different people. Yeah. And I like it that there are, are some women who are, you know, becoming personalities like, you know, through social media, like, you know, in, in the theme park landscape here. That's pretty cool. I like that. So it's a different, vo- different voices, which I think is great. It is. It is. I think we were, we were speculating a couple episodes back. Uh, I don't remember who we were talking with, but we were kind of wondering about the same thing like why aren't there more channels that are led by women and then we kind of i kind of like realized for every channel they've got to get just like flooded on their inbox with creepy dudes yeah i can honestly okay so really quick as a gay man who uses online applications for finding other guys guys are gross and I, I like for real, I have so much empathy now for women, what they get on like yeah. for, from creepy guys. Yeah. And I can imagine like a, a female personality doing a, a coaster thing and just like nothing but creepy comments. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was looking at some of the things that some of the women were posting, like, yeah, this is what I get on you know, DMS and stuff. And you're like, Oh, come on. Like dudes, what like that? Like the women don't want that. Like that's like the sooner you realize, like they don't want creepy stuff. Like that's not how you're going to get with them. You know, like the, come on, like there, there are way better things you can do than send a picture of your dick or whatever the fuck was going on. You know, like just stop that shit. Like that doesn't work, you know, and like the sooner you realize that doesn't work, the better your life is going to be and the more girls you're going to meet, you know, but that's why, that's why like, I personally think that YouTube should just remove comments and become, Oh yeah. Become just broadcasting. And then they, YouTube wouldn't be such a toxic place sometimes. Especially like YouTube comments that happens. Yeah. I think so. I I think it'd be a much happier place. I I think, yeah, there's a lot of toxic stuff happening in in comment sections everywhere. Like kind of like when we were talking with uh, Coaster Force, uh, Jerry, in the last podcast, it's like, yeah, you don't want like a QAnon discussion going on in the Orion POV comment section. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that happens. That type of stuff happens. You know, it's like, what, what does that have to do with the video I just watched? Nothing, but man, people will take any type of forum and post stupid shit, you know? Like, Yeah, this yeah, is a I, documentary about Matterhorn. Why is there an All Lives Matter comment three down? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't belong there, man. Like, you know, just, yeah, people just sometimes just aren't smart online, you know, or don't know where to put that stuff. It's too, it's too bad. Yeah. That's Do I'm you like, guys ever get that crazy shit like on your listener surveys and stuff? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are certain people who the listener surveys like you can tell from the very first a- answer, they're angry and they're looking for a response. You know, they want to fight. And I sort of have a, a standing thing that I do that if somebody writes like, you know, hey, you guys are full of shit. Uh, this show is stupid. You know, I'll actually write back the most polite email I can and say like, hey, thanks for your message. Believe it or not, we do like to hear from you. Uh, let me explain, give you some answers to what you're talking about. And 99 times out of 100, we don't hear from them ever again because it, I didn't give them what they wanted. You know, like they want to fight, but and they want me to, you know, yeah. pull one of those things where I'm like, hey, fuck you, fuck you and get out of here. You know, that's that's what they're hoping for. But yeah. yeah. And then the other like the other one person who will write back is usually like, oh, hey, thanks for writing. You know, I don't agree with everything you do, but I appreciate that you <laughs> took the time to write back. Like, it's a completely different thing. So it's like, yeah, you know, like, all right, dude, we're cool. You know? Yeah. And then you never hear from them again. Or or what's funny is like sometimes we've turned them where they're like, hey, OK, well, thanks for that nice email back. And, and then they're like start sending content and stuff. And it's completely different. So just yeah it's really funny really funny sometimes that's like the problem with that's like the whole problem with social media like um it's like it's it's amazing like when you don't have that personal connection how mean you are to somebody yeah and then it's like oh i just wanted the interaction and like they're cool (laughs) yeah right exactly yeah yeah it's so funny it's so funny but yeah, you know, they, and then there are just some people who are just angry for, ang- you know, just wanting to be angry. And, you know, you just have to say, OK, you know, and not waste time, you know, not waste time with it. Just be polite. Say, hey, thanks for listening or, you know, thanks for writing. And that's it. So, but yeah, it's it's rough, man. It's rough sometimes. That, that's that, that's sometimes you when you get that type of stuff, it it's you have to quickly move on or it brings you down, you know. At least that's how I've I've felt sometimes. So it's, you know, you got to quickly move on away from that person. That's a good call. Yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard to do sometimes, you know, because it gets you mad, you know, get your blood pressure up and you want to write back and say, like, hey, fuck off, man. You know, but but, you know, it's all cool. I, I just always think about like the the other people who are, you know, are are cool and, and, you know, who we do the show for and who you guys do the show for, you know, like they're good listeners who, you know, really care about what you do and. That's who you try to focus on, I think. Well, our strategy is basically to just say inflammatory shit to drive the people <laughs> away who aren't here. Yeah. You know, the cool yeah. folks. Yeah. And you know what's cool, man? It's like there's so many different shows now. So I always tell people like, hey, if, if you're not liking what we're doing, if it's really making you this upset, they're like a hundred other shows you can go listen to. Or if there aren't, go make your own show. And do the show you want to do. Do the show that we're not doing. Right. I, I say that a lot too, you know, because it's possible. Like if if you really hate what we're doing or are so upset by it, there are options, you know. If you're that upset by coaster fucking radio, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You need right, to quit like, drinking so, and yeah. fucking take a break from life for a minute. Yeah, I wrote somebody the other day and I said like this podcast couldn't possibly be less important i said it's just it's not dude and he and he was writing this whole thing like you guys are egotists and and i'm like dude we're playing characters and if you met me you'd know that i I don't have a big ego in fact i don't really care about this stuff that much it's just something fun we do and you know 
back off, man. It's like, it's not a big deal. It's that like, I, I honestly don't care. About, and he was like, yeah, you know, you're just going to like delete this email and you're not going to, you're just going to read an email from people who kiss your ass. And I'm like, dude, like nobody's kissing anybody's ass. It's just, come on. Like, I don't, I don't know what you think this is or what you, what you're trying to make this into, but. Oh yeah. no. See, there's, uh, fuck there, there the fuck it is, man. There's like this whole weird thing now and you've seen it happen because you've been running your podcast for a long time mm-hmm. where nowadays, because of the accessibility, there's now like the most minute tiny level of celebrity in some way shape or form in like a handful of like youtube channels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and so i think that's like projected on anyone who just like makes any of this shit you're right right i find that yeah i think you're right i think you're right yeah even if there is no you know and i don't know like you know like anytime that i think anybody tries something you know like it, it's like what well, I, I remember when we started coaster radio we got an email from somebody this was like after the third episode somebody wrote and said what gives you the right to do the a show like this <laughs> and that made no sense to me i was like what what gives me the right what do you mean that i don't even understand what that means and they're like yeah well you don't know roller coasters like other people do and you don't have the you don't have the right to do this and that was so confusing and i think i went on the air and i said somebody just said we don't have the right to be doing this like what what what, where are the rights written down i don't understand like a seven-year-old with an probably probably was that's the thing and that was the moment that coaster radio decided to distance themselves from enthusiasts i think so so. that's yeah (laughs) you know like yeah, I've never been a member of a club or anything just because I felt like, well, wow, if that's how people feel about what we're doing, maybe it's best just to stay independent. But, you know, God, no, I, I, t- know. I totally understand that because like we've we came in it from the complete opposite way. We were on like we used to, you know, go to the winter events and go to the ACE events and get high in the parking lot and drink and shit. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then we just kind of took both of us kind of took a break for a while and then came back into it and started doing this. And we were just friends the whole time and we would talk and was like, we should do a podcast. So yeah. like knowing enthusiasts, it's not surprising at all that you get that type of feedback, especially from the get go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When there was no framework at all for any of this. Yeah. Yeah. When we started, man, there was a lot of anger. Like there was anger about it. And we were shocked. We're like, we're just talking about roller coasters. Like how, how could somebody be so upset about it? And every now and then that still comes back. You know, just people who are, you know, like really get upset about certain things or, or take things too seriously that we say when we're obviously joking, it's people who don't either get the joke or get the humor and they think, you know, we're being serious. Right. People don't um, get sarcasm. You know, that's hard. That's hard for me as like, as, as a, you know, person doing the show, because I'm like, man, I it, like, that's not who I am. What you, what you just called me isn't what I am. And if you hung out with me, you'd know that. Um, so that's, that hurts a little bit sometimes. That's, that's the hard part. But, you know, like people saying like, oh, you have a big ego where if like anybody who hung out with me would, I hope would see that, you know, that I, I don't see Coaster Radio as like some world changing thing. I just see it as something fun that, you know, people like to listen to. And that's cool. That And I'm amazed by that because to me, it's just two guys goofing around with microphones at their house. You know, that's all it is. So, 
but I don't know. Yeah. Kind of weird. Well, on behalf of like the enthusiast community, I'm sorry that we're all such assholes. <laughs> no, and, and what's cool though, man, is like the neatest part is like the the going to the meetups. And I'm so glad EB decided that. Like we, EB said we should do meetups, and I told him, like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to do that. I'm scared to do that. I don't know what's gonna happen, you know, if we if we do that. Like who's gonna show up and what are they gonna say? But man, the nicest people have been coming to those things and like the coolest people and people that I've become friends with and um, you know people that I've had over to my house and stuff, you know, like, like people I've, I've, I've made friends with and hang out with. So I love it, man. It's, it's great. You know, and, and the people who, you know, like we've just been fo- like, like sometimes it's more fun to focus on the negative, like the behind the scenes stories of negative things, but there's so many great people out there too. And, you know, it's, it's cool to like share a common thing like this that we all love, you know, and, and to talk about it and spend hours talking about it. It's great. So you know, so for every one person who's a pain in the ass or an asshole, there's like 50 who are great. So or, or more, maybe even 100 who are great. You know, so I, I love it. I love it. Oh, totally. Yeah, we um we were able to thankfully pull off a very small meetup with our mm-hmm. listeners back in February, like right before the world went crazy. Oh, good. Good. Uh, yeah. You know, we went down to go ride. What's it called? Uh, the Texas Stingray. Oh, we went nice. to Fiesta, Texas and SeaWorld there. Uh-huh. And um, both of us were just like, oh, fuck, is this going to be awkward? Are we going to have like complete <laughs> right, right. weirdos show up? Like, And then we meet like the nicest fucking is it like i said it was small we had three people show up but you know we we've we've been around a year now so we're we're of course not quite at uh the level of coaster radio but you know we have the three nicest dudes show up and it's like okay all right i'm glad i was i i didn't have any reason to be freaked out yeah yeah that's exactly how I felt on the first meetup we did. And it was at Cedar Point and I was like driving up to Cedar Point. I was like, what are we doing? Like, who's going to show up? I was thinking like three people were going to show up and I was like, oh, this is just going to, you know, be weird. Like just the looking and hanging out and stuff, you know, but but the, man, the nicest people showed up and it was just like, you know, just regular people. And it was cool. And, you know, it, it, I immediately got over the fear and, you know, every single one we've done since has just been, you know, great great so so it's 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 really easy to let like haters bring you down and you know and and you and it's human nature to focus on those people but that's such a small percentage of who does all that and they're and they're the most fun to talk about on shows like this too because like the behind the scenes of like you know weird stories and stuff are are what people want to hear but in reality man i've found that like just there's way more just fun people because, you know, this stuff should be fun. Like all this, all this stuff is like, you know, nothing but fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. And the people that I have the best relationships with, like I wouldn't have been if it weren't for this. And uh-huh. we've always been tight because neither of us have taken this shit that seriously like some people right. do. And it's like, I think that's where I have you get the best connections with people when it's when you're able to step back enough and be able to like go yeah we have this cool mutual interest that like it's a lot of fun but also it's not like no fuck you magnum is the best coaster (laughs) right right yeah and i think it's fun when people have like good discussions about that stuff but man there there are people who sometimes just like in politics take it way too personally where even in politics we should be able to like discuss our differences 
But still, at the end of the day, say, hey, man, you're all right. You're all right. I'm all right, too. We're just let's hang out and, you know, have a beer together and talk about it. Same same should be the same with roller coasters should be the same with tiki bars. There are people who get crazy about tiki bars and tiki drinks and argue about should pineapple be put in this drink? Like I'm I'm shocked sometimes at some of the discussions I see in that world and people getting angry, you know, over whether you put pineapple in a drink like this is weird stuff, you know, that just people people get so upset about when you just chill out. It's a, it's a drink it's supposed to make you feel good. Just like a roller coaster is supposed to make you feel good. Relax. Well, there's you know? like what? 330 million people in the country. That's like a shit. People. Mm-hmm. You're going to find a few crazies. Yeah, absolutely. And I also and sometimes like an enthusiast brings out the crazy in you, I think. <laughs> You know, and I think that's like, I think with all of us, it does like, you know, like we're kind of nuts. We travel around the country to ride roller coasters, you know, there's a little bit of crazy, but it, you know, hopefully it's a good crazy, you know. I also think that just like any community that's really nerdy about something and then on the Internet, which provides you just like just enough anonymity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you can be like, no, I know more than you, asshole. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, all right, let's take it easy. Yeah. Let's let's be honest here. We're all 35 plus year old men that are talking about tiki drinks on the Internet. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. You got to take a step back and say, how important is this? And do I need to get angry over it? You know, no email about roller coasters or tiki drinks or fucking Star Trek figures or whatever yeah. should end with fuck off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and people who get angry, you know, online and stuff. And it just, yeah. Yeah. You got to take a step back. Definitely do. And I know it's fun. It's fun sometimes to get mad, you know, like to get a, in an argument and stuff. But yeah. So you got to see if you can spend that energy somewhere else or some other way. It's more fun mm-hmm. to rile those people up. That's why the like the segment you pitched us was perfect, because by fact checking, we could just be even more assholes to those people who are (laughs) just like super like I know exactly how many bolts are on I-305, you know? Yeah, yeah. But see, yeah, but that's what was so fun about that, you know, and and, but again, the people who didn't get it and didn't get that it's comedy and, you know, being, you know. So there are people who are like, oh, I'm offended by this. You know, why are you guys letting this up? What gives you know, them like, the right? <laughs> yeah. Why are you? Yeah, like, how, why are you offended? I don't get it. Like, you know, it, we're putting it on the show. Like, we obviously like it. Like, how can you? Why are you being offended for us? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That makes me want to just go in your chat when you play this segment and be like, these guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see how many people I could get uh, riled up. <laughs> yeah. But then there are always the people who are the exact opposite who love it and, you know, are like, hey, when are you doing that again? When is it coming back? So, you know, I, I always think like the best segments are ones that are split 50 50 where people hate it and like it, but they're all listening. You know, it's kind of like uh, that Howard Stern uh, quote that's always out there is, you know, like, uh, what when ninety percent of people who hate Howard Stern like listen all the time, like they you know because they always want to see what he's going to say next. Like it's it's just fascinating that type of stuff. So I, I find that's the same. Like a really good segment will have people who say they hate it but are still listening. Yeah, Facebook does the same thing with posts. It will like show you things that you will love and things you will hate because it knows you will watch 
like look at that more more yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's not surprising at all no all those sites are designed to keep you like engaged yep so if they can sometimes unfortunately we get engaged by negative things like negative more than positive you know as much as people say like oh i'm here for cute twitter content like no people are scrolling through that twitter thing to see some controversy or, or some fighting or something you know that's what gets you that's why there are all those fights on facebook i was i was like seeing facebook videos come up i was like why are there fights what's going on there are people fighting but man sometimes i'll watch them i'll be like i want to see what happens in this fight what's gonna what's going down <laughs> sometimes they're pretty funny i mean 2020 has made the internet by far the most fascinating destructive chaotic place i think it's ever been oh yeah mm-hmm. just Absolutely. because like the amount of people that are on it we're in and like tricks yeah like people believe just fucking anything on there i'm saying yeah. get the fuck off of it for real just get the fuck off of it like the next month or two you'll your life will be way better yeah take a break There'll be like four more episodes of your favorite Coaster Sucks and Coaster Radio. When you mm-hmm. come back, you can catch up on all of your favorite podcasts afterwards. Yeah. That's why I, I think it's a good idea for people every now and then just to take a step back, turn off the computer, go outside, take a walk, take a, you know, breathe some fresh air. I think we all need to do that during this time, you know, because like sometimes social media can be like poison, man. It really can. Yeah. Talk to somebody just like face to face. Talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Some people, man, spend way too much time in front of their screens. I think we all all need to back off a little bit, you know? Sure. Yeah, like talking to people on the internet, it's like even if you're video chatting, it's not exactly real interaction in the same way. Mm -mm. You know, like I think it really benefits everyone to just have some real face-to-face human interaction, no matter who it's with. So take that as some sage advice, listeners. And I'm going to have to do that, too, because I've been way too serious. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's just been stressing me out, but it's been good to be on here recording with you guys because this has been a nice break from all of that. Do you? Okay, so what is the, I guess, how do I phrase the question? Sorry, I I think I need to eat soon as well. <laughs> um, sorry, give me a minute. Sure. This this question though should be asked because otherwise it's not a, a complete show. So, what is the worst roller coaster you've ever been on? Oh, I've been on some bad ones at like county fairs. Um, you know, like those no name roller coasters that kind of are traveling down the highway one day and then the next they're up in a field. So those are some bad ones. Um, I had a bad ride on the spinning roller coaster at Fun Spot Kissimmee. That was not fun. That was not. It, that was a sickening ride. Um, so I remember that. But I think like the worst, like the the roller coaster that I got off of that I hated was uh, Georgia Cyclone um, back when it was uh, still up at uh, Six Flags Over Georgia. Oh, that, I didn't like that very much. That thing could run and, like no, a motherfucker. That's for sure. Yeah, it was not running well. It was rough. It like banged me around, but not in a good way. Like sometimes a good wooden roller coaster will do that and it's all right. But this was not. I remember 
the, uh, my girlfriend at the time, I wrote it with her and I got off and I was like, that was a wooden bitch. That was a wooden bitch. I just kept saying it over and over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a wooden bitch. And she like made fun of me for like years saying that. Like she was like, was that a wooden bitch? So, um, yeah, that was bad. But you know what else? I, I, I do not like. I mean, it's not the worst coaster I've ever ridden, but I don't want to ride it ever. And it's um, Intimidator 305 at King's Dominion. Like, I just don't like that roller coaster. Every time I've ridden it, like something like <laughs> not good has happened. Like one time I got whiplash on it. Like I couldn't I got off it. And somehow, like during one of those um, quick transitions, it did something. And I couldn't turn my head afterwards. Like it hurt to turn my head for like two weeks. Oh, damn. So I like, Ever since then, man, I was just like, I don't want to ride that ride anymore. I'm just, uh, and like one time I really grayed out, like to the point where it like worried me a little bit. I was like, I shouldn't be graying out that much on this roller coaster. But, and I'm, and I know it was fine. Like it was in reality, it was fine and stuff that happens, but I just don't like it. That's like one of my least favorite roller coasters. And even though it's so, like the first drop is so great, like the rest of it to me isn't worth the first drop. Just, I, it's just not my, my type of ride that I like. And I know people love it and I get a lot of criticism. Like, how could you not like I-305? But dude, it's just, yeah, it's just not for me. It's not my type of ride at all. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I appreciate what it is. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's a cool ride and stuff. But just, yeah, for some reason, I think, I think, I think I'm like gun shy about it ever since I got that like sort of whiplash thing happening. I mean, yeah. That for two weeks, I couldn't turn my head. I was like, I don't need to ride that anymore. Let's so. do it. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. He was like, it was a real son of a bitch to make a left turn in the car the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I think what happened is like during one of those quick snaps, I turned to look at my brother and it was just the wrong thing to do with, the, you know, at the wrong time. And just it, when it whipped back the other way, it just did something. But dude, that killed the rest of the day at the park. And then man, for two weeks, it was just pain. Oh man. I do remember I did fuck on my back once at, on a shock or no mind mender at over Georgia because there's no one next to oh. me. And I, I was like leaning to the uh-huh. side in the, like uh, at the bottom of a loop, so my, my oh. whole body just like went into the empty seat at the bottom. Oh yeah. yeah. Out. That one was not fun. It seems like, you know, if you're in the wrong position for certain moments on some roller coasters, it's kind of like, Taking like a pro wrestling move or a bad tackle in football. Yeah. Just, yeah. And you're going to feel it for days after you're going to feel it. Man. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That fucked me up. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a ride like that on the boss at six flags, St. Louis. It was me and my dad last year. And it's just like, we got off and we're like, okay, I think we might have to call it a day. Not a hundred percent sure. Let's sit mm-hmm. on the bench because we're both fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are always the worst. But then, you know, at least yeah. you, it's like you get a good story out of it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, getting a getting a badge of honor from a roller coaster ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least you walk off and you're like, all right, I'm in pain now, but I've got something fun to tell at parties, at least for a little bit, you know. Yeah, at least I've earned the right to say, yeah, that thing sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe one day they'll ask me about this and it'll be a good story on a podcast. There we go. <laughs> yep. What's uh what's the like worst media day or like event or like opening day 
experience you've had? I, I'll, I'll tell you like kind of in general, because this happened a lot in the early days uh, that we were doing Costa radio. Um, and, and, and actually I wasn't even the one who was saying it. The other guys who did the show with me were all saying this, but th- whenever we would go to a media day, they would get really upset because we would kind of be lumped in with all of the coaster enthusiasts. And, and they didn't like that. All the other guys in the show didn't like that because the parks would kind of look at us weird. Like they would think that we were going to ask for something. Um, they, they, I guess they had had such bad experiences with other coaster enthusiasts that they were not wanting to work with us, you know, or not wanting to, you know, and I, and I remember like um, very early on at coaster radio, we got asked by the Pennsylvania department of tourism to produce four podcasts at four different Pennsylvania theme parks. And they were going to put it on their tourism page as kind of a um, amusement park road trip. And so we went to one of the parks and the PR director there was like disgusted that we were there. Like she was so upset and, (laughs) and we didn't understand why we're like, well, wait, what, what's, what's happening. And so um, I, I said to the other guys, I said, it's because she thinks we're coaster enthusiasts. I said, I guarantee you that's it. And they're like, well, why we're not even like talking about anything like, but this woman was just so like upset that we were there. And so I went the next day and called the guy from Pennsylvania tourism. And I was like, can you explain to me why she was so pissed off that we were there? And he said, well, why do you think it was? And I said, here's my opinion. I think that there was another um, enthusiast group there the week before and she thought we were an extension of that he's like that's exactly what it was that's what it was and because the, the enthusiasts were so rude to her she didn't want to deal with more of them and that's what she told me and so I was like wait that was it like that was it and so I noticed that would happen a lot early on that some of the enthusiasts that these PR representatives were dealing with like soured them so much against other people who, who they saw as similar that they just didn't want, didn't want to deal with us. And so what we would do is um, we had another guy on the show named Mike who was known as Flava. He would always go to the PR person and work on them whenever we went to a park and like change their opinion of, of Costa radio. Like he would just be like, you know, kind of like be like ultra nice and, um, kind of explain what we are doing and and try to, you know, try to say like, Hey, we're trying to do like a more professional show. And that would always change their mind. And by the end they would be like, yeah, well, you're not like those other enthusiasts. Are you like, wow, this is really different. And it just made me think like, what was going on? Like, what were some of these people doing to like piss off the PR people so much because they were really not happy with, you know, some of these enthusiasts. And And eventually we would hear stories like where people would, be, you know, calling up the enthusiasts at, you know, all hours and, you know, asking them like weird questions and demanding things and saying, well, I'm a member of ACE and I should get this front of the line pass. Like all these things that were going on behind <laughs> the scenes that I had no idea about just like w- with being harassed. The, these PR people were being harassed and um, like an enthusiast calling one PR person and saying, I need to know the exact height of a lift hill down to the centimeter like oh the, like weird God. weird like and they were like why would somebody need to know that down to the centimeter and you know like so i so i got it like very early on why some parks were like i don't i don't know if i want to deal with you know 
now a, a radio show run by enthusiasts, you know? And so, so I think when you asked at the beginning, why, why have you always sort of like shied away from like the enthusiast side? I think it's from hearing those stories and realizing that, you know, a lot of parks don't want to deal with that, you know? And, and, and this was years ago that, you know, like things are so different now, like, you know, podcasts are way more accepted and stuff, but at the beginning, man, it was, it was tough because there was some weird people who kind of went before us, you know? Yeah. God, that's so easy to imagine too. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause coaster people just bitch about everything and yeah, ask yeah. weird questions and like, yeah. and, and we're rude. Like the, I, I heard stories of them being really rude to the PR people. And you know, like one, one PR person said that they were at a media day and somebody flashed their ACE card. Like they were like, it was an FBI badge and said like, I'm from ACE. <laughs> like, like they flipped it out, like in their wallet. And she was like, what, is, what do you think that entitles you to? Like, like he literally, like it was an FBI badge. And I was like, Oh my God. And like, and I always loved that the PR people would start telling us these stories after we kind of like got, got their trust and stuff. But there was some weird, weird stuff going on, man. Like, awesome. you know, and it wasn't just Ace. It was like uh, uh, all these different oh, it's enthusiasts. Just, it, it's stuff, coaster enthusiasts. You know? Yeah. Like just, yeah, man. And so, yeah, it would be hard, like in the early days, calling parks and trying to explain what we we're doing because they were just like, oh, Another one. Here's another one. And now they're doing a radio show. And and you're going to want to know the exact amount of steps on the lift hill, just like the last guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like there would be people like, hey, go out and walk the lift hill and get back to me and let me know how many steps there are there because I need to know for my no limits recreation. You know, like things like that, that they have to deal with. And like, geez, you got to wonder. You got to wonder, man. So, yeah. So that some of those early media days were were tough. Were tough. You know, well, especially you're talking about like. Pennsylvania and like I don't know if they're exactly as bad as Ohio enthusiasts but (laughs) they're only one state over so I got to imagine it's pretty close there's probably like a little different than Cedar Point or like Ohio enthusiasts because they have all those like old historic parks yeah it's a different crowd but like it's got to be like pretty similar so I can just imagine like we heard a story about how at one event, I think it was Maury's Piers, they had like this big Hawaiian themed buffet one year. Mm-hmm. And the enthusiasts bitched about it because they wanted hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> and then the park just decided to never do an event like that again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah they're not going to do nice shit for you if you just go. Yeah, because like that's the thing is you're saying all that and I easily picture it's like it's a media day and immediately some enthusiast is like, yeah, at this other park, they did this this for us. Right. And it's like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I've been to the media days where like media days are supposed to be like working events where people are like working for the press, but there are people who treat it as ERT. And there's this one guy who was like manically jumping into seats. Like he was just running around in the station and, and jumping in seats. And I was like, who the, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Like, what's going on? Like he, he was so like, like, I don't, I don't know if this is the, but like he was so uncool about it. Like he, he was like jumping in, like, like he was on Coke or something. Like it was just so bizarre. And we just sat there watching him 
like it, he, the station or the, the train would roll into the station. They'd release the restraints. He'd pop out and like in three seconds, he'd be in another seat. And I think he was trying to ride in every single seat just over and over. And you could see <laughs> the people from the park, like the park president was just staring at him and he was shaking his head. He's like, I, he was like, he was whispering to somebody and you could tell he was like, why is this guy here? Like it just, you know, it, it, but you felt bad for the guy. Like what, what is he doing? Why is it so important? Like, you know, how many rides do you need on this man? But yeah, I've just, I've seen some strange things over the years. You know? Yeah. My coaster Str- enthusiasts are a different breed, man. I, I mean, obviously you've, you know it well enough. So I guess yeah. I completely now understand why from the get go, you never claimed it. And so by this point you won't either. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's it. And, and you know, it, it's the good thing is it's not everybody like I, uh, we sometimes get criticized when we we tell stories like this. And I, I don't know, maybe it'll happen again. Like, you know, don't you guys realize you're a coaster enthusiast? Why? You know, why are you making fun? And it's it's not making fun. It's just telling stories about oddities that happen. And we've all seen it. You know, it's just it's fun to talk about. But, you know, so I, I think that in reality, like me and EB are enthusiasts. Like we definitely are. Like we, you know, somebody said like, Hey, as much as you guys don't want to admit it, you've crossed into it. You're there. And you know, I, I think that that is fun. It's a fun, like badge of honor to have, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't ever see myself getting to the point of being like that dude who's jumping in from seat to seat, even though sometimes I want to, sometimes I'm like, Oh man, there's empty seats. Let's ride as much as we can. But you know, I don't know, just when you're in that situation and you're like you're representing, you know, your company or your business or something, you've got to be a little different. You just got to be a little different and not, it's you know, like a, get your enthusiasm, get the best it's like of you. a dopamine hit. Just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's exciting, man. It's exciting when you get to like ride something first and, you know, you're, you're there and you're like, oh, my God, there are empty seats. I'm going to jump in. This is great. But. You know, at the same time, you've got to realize that they're watching you. You know, the the park people are watching you and kind of. Yeah, <laughs> you do you just really gotta, need seven rides when everyone yeah. who works at the park is just staring at you in the station? Right, right. You, you, yeah, you got to kind of got to be aware of what's happening in those situations. You know, you could be good at two. Yeah, exactly. Because the park's going to be open yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That ride's going to be there for a while. So you're, you're cool. Yeah, there's like yeah, it's not Cedar Point, uh, infamous Cedar Point characters that are like that for specific rides. So they'll literally come every single day and ride. Yeah, they yeah. like open a close every day. It's their life. Oh my god! Oh, it's like it's Blue Streak Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not the Marge. <laughs> I remember I laughed once that uh, Bush Gardens for one of their media days, I think when Verbolton opened, they had two separate media days. They had one for like TV and radio, and then they had one for bloggers. And I laughed my <laughs> ass off. I was like, oh, we're going to the bloggers one. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, that's where we got sent. And it was like, oh, everybody was like weird. You know, it's just like they must be like, like rolling their eyes like oh shit it's the blogger media day because it was just like every coaster enthusiast you've ever heard about was there and oh man god that sounds like the most socially awkward like (laughs) high school (laughs) gathering yeah yeah 
And it's funny because like, you know, everybody you're like, oh, I've seen that guy online before. Oh, they have seen that guy's YouTube channel. Like you, <laughs> you're just like, oh yeah, there's, there's that guy. And you know, even if you've never met him, it's like we talked about, like you kind of know people from their, their, their media and stuff, but well, even, yeah, but then there's still people misbehaving and jumping on all the seats and, you know, treating it like ERT, which it wasn't. Oh, fucking course. Well, like, that's the thing is that you've been around long enough to know it, even if you've been like outside of the the scene itself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's a small world. It's a small community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. really at the mm -hmm. end of the day and at a certain point everybody really knows everybody else yeah. mm -hmm. or knows of them at least you know like you you may not know them or ever have a conversation with them but you're like oh i know that guy or i i know his channel or his podcast or whatever exactly you know? yeah marketing has that evaluation of like all right let's run this calculation what are we going to get out of inviting or working with enthusiasts yeah all right, not sure. worth it yeah, yeah, and absolutely. and that's going to be the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're going to be like, you want shit for free and you don't give us money. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah, blame them at all. If you're if you're the type of person that right now has some sort of channel or something and you plan on asking for free shit from a park for the next two years, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Right. Buy a damn ticket. Right. Support the place. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, also, like, um, enthusiasts are the worst visitors of the theme park. Like, if they have a hierarchy of, of season pass holders, they're at the very bottom. Like, they yeah. use up the most resources, and they never pay for anything like games or food or, you know, parking or anything. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's what I think we all have to remember is that enthusiasts, in terms of percentage, is so low of, like, who comes to the park each year. You know, it's so low, but we, you know, we can't expect the parks to go like totally wild giving us stuff, you know, and, and at some of these events, they they go above and beyond anyway. I mean, even at um, the Coaster Radio meetups, I'm kind of amazed sometimes at what the parks do just, you know, out of kindness. So I'm always really watching anybody who's at the media day to make sure they're not complaining and that, you know, we always like tell everybody like, hey, the park's really going out of their way for us. You know, I hope every, you know, everybody's and, and everybody who ever always comes there is always thankful. And I always see them shaking the hands of the PR person or the park general manager saying thank you and stuff. And that's the way it should be, you know, like, hey, thanks for, you know, going out of your way or giving us a free breakfast or whatever, whatever you did, you know, like and not to complain and say, well, I didn't want that donut. Mm -hmm. I wanted that type of donut. You I know, don't like, really like these pancakes. So yeah. <laughs> Like, dude, dude, they're free. Just like eat it. Like, don't complain. <laughs> or don't also, complain. nobody's making you eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, go, go get breakfast somewhere else. Like, you know, the park yeah. was fucking nice enough to let you have that shit and be here. They didn't agree. Yeah. They didn't have to agree to let you be there. Right, <laughs> like as right, a as a right. group. So, like, if they're doing yeah. anything for you, it's because they're nice. I mean, yes, there's sometimes money involved if there's like a ride running. Right. But even that, they have the right of refusal. They don't need your fucking ERT money. Yeah, yeah. They could easily go, That's true. yeah, no, we're good. Like, Great America does it. They have soured up so much with like Ace and Enthusiasts that they just don't have events here at Great America anymore. Right, right. And that's, that's too bad, man, that people ruin it, you know? Bad apples ruin it, you know. Just be thankful. Well, I guess it was so many people showed up to Goliath Media Day, 
and just complained about it. Yeah. And they were probably like, you know, screw this. Why should we do it? Why should we do it? You know, we'll just have the actual media, you know, television stations who are going to get out the word the most anyway. And that's the worst thing is that like great American. Yeah. Yeah. I hold on. I have a slight still to this day about a specific situation that happened that day when uh, I was about to step onto the ride and then Alan Chilkey took my seat. <laughs> You're like, hey, man. <laughs> okay, that one is bullshit. <laughs> and then, but also... He just looks at me and shrugs and then like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, all right. I'll let you go foot, back. My That's foot right. was like in the like on the car part, like on that side. You know what I mean? It was, it could have been a sign. He just, he just, it in. He just like jumped in from the other side. Yeah. Like he like was walking towards it really fast. Like after I was like about to step <laughs> in and then like the park employee came up and then like pushed me off. But, um, it could have been like a Seinfeld episode where it was like, no, my foot was on the car first. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. I don't care that you invented X2. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that does kind of suck. But I also don't see you being the type to be sitting there going, fucking Alan Schilke cut me off. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I took a picture like everyone, like what everyone should do. I took a picture and then left a very angry social media comment. Oh, good. Yeah, there you Perfect. go. But yeah, but yeah. I, and I was, I was cool. It did take 20 minutes for the train to be sent because they had to set up cameras for a news crew. And, oh. I did and that's what media day is. No, I know. That's what fucking media day is. So the fact that, like, of course, they invite Ace or whatever. And then, like, most of the Aces are like, I only got one ride. And it was in a yeah. middle row. I think I think they should, they should not have just... They, what they should have done is not invite Ace, knowing that it was only going to be one train operating. Because it basically had a full queue running one train and it was only sending one train like every yeah. 20, 30 minutes. So it was kind of like, it was bad on almost like bad on six flags for inviting them because they had, they cannot put it. Well, they've learned their lesson. They won't touch ACE anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will not invite ACE anymore. So, and I'm sure that's probably for the better. Cause no matter what the ride is, somebody's going to be there like, I only got to ride in row three fucking rip off because yeah. mm-hmm. that's just the nature of the hobby, I guess, right. for some reason. That's too bad. It's too bad. But yeah, you know, everybody likes the backstage pass. I feel like, you know, I feel like at, at any of those events, you know, we, we would probably be at the same table in the back having drinks and laughing about everybody in the front. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's what Ben and I used to do. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the winter events that Ace does. Oh, yes. Yep. I've heard of those. It's sort of like you go to a hotel yeah, they, and then they rent out the like the, stuff. you know, big room of a hotel and have parks present. Yeah. Like some PowerPoint presentation. Sometimes they'll bring some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, um, exactly how many inversions did you say that was going to be? Oh no! Yeah, is that? I've always wondered what those are like. Like, are the reactions, especially from the PR people who are notoriously snarky, anyway? But like, how their reactions are to all of that, I've always wondered. Well, I one time brought the entire room to a screeching dead halt. <laughs> so this was like 
the year after that accident at Kentucky Kingdom where the girl's oh, feet yeah. got cut off. Mm-hmm. But like oh. the ride was still like the ride had been torn down, I think, but they hadn't like finished. No, no, they hadn't touched it yet, but it was still closed. So it was still standing there. But they had mm-hmm. announced that it was going to be gone once the investigation was closed. And so I I had asked, like, what are you going to do with the plot of land? And just like, it was like you could hear silence <laughs> happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you bring that up? And then yeah. like, they were like, so surprised that somebody would actually ask about that. <laughs> wow. Like, you didn't think somebody would ask that? <laughs> yeah. Did like the whole room like turn and look at you? Like, yeah, ever- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben was there. Oh boy! Yeah, it was a uh, server. <laughs> I was I was a good kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, well, due to ongoing investigation, we can't comment. Yeah, but I still think that was probably a highlight moment of going to those in general. Because it's exactly what it seems like. It's a room full of like sweaty weirdos. (laughs) And like the parks are there and they're like, all right, talking to some sweaty weirdos. You know what I mean? Like they have to get psyched up. You see them in the hallway, like outside, like psyching up because they know what they have to go deal with. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are just like doing lines beforehand. Like, all right, just got to make it 20 minutes, you know? And and I guess that's a hard sell anyway, because like you're, it's the dead of winter. No park is open. You're going in with a PowerPoint presentation. Like you got to make that exciting. How do you, you know, how do you do that? I've always thought that that event is probably a hard sell just because like there's no rides. Like you're, you're literally all gathering in a ballroom and you know, but, but then again, like, you know, I guess that is fun. Like, I guess it's like a good thing, like kind of hang out with friends and stuff and maybe get some inside info. But I guess it's really up to those PR people to come up with some decent presentations that make it worth it. I mean, I went this past year and really like there's a couple things that were worthwhile in terms of like Dollywood gave everyone a free ticket. Oh, there you go. And we got like a free fast lane for Cedar Point, which was dope. Mm -hmm. That's good. See, okay, so those are some smart PR people there. Like that was worthwhile. But all uh-huh. the like presentations was basically just like, OK, here's a YouTube video of our new ride. And then oh, like, yeah. do you have any questions? And then, you know, fucking Coaster Boy going, uh, exactly what day will <laughs> yeah. the ride be open on? And at what time will the ride open that day? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know, you know. And they're like, I, I don't fuck. Memorial Day, I, yeah. July. <laughs> I don't know, man. Check the fucking website. Right. But they're nice. They have to be nice. So they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. They can't like roll their eyes. They got to wait till they get to the hotel room bar to do that. And which I commend uh, them for being able to deal with that shit. I, I, I don't think I can handle because it's just, yeah, it's like that Simpsons episode where Homer plays Poochie. Oh, yeah. And then he goes yeah. to that like convention and they're like, in episode 138B in frame 97, this thing appears. He's like, uh, did you ever try shutting up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel yeah, like man. that would be me if I was in one of those situations. 
Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it's, I think those guys have hard jobs at, at points for sure. Although I gotta say, I think I would love to hear the coaster radio coverage of East Coaster. <laughs> I've always thought that maybe we should go and and do a show at one of those. I think I think that I always thought that would be interesting because you'd have all the PR people in one spot. You could do a lot of interviews, but then there are probably some interesting people there too. And also, I, I, yeah, to be honest, I'm not even sure if like people in Ace know like what Coaster Radio is. I've always thought that 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 has never been our audience. So I wonder if there are people who are like, "What a radio show about podcasts? Interesting." You know, I, I'm not sure if they'd even like it if they heard it. But, um, but I think that's an audience that we probably well, clearly don't reach. you haven't heard the Ace podcast. You, I, I saw that there was one. Yeah, and I think like our old friend Clint Novak is helping to produce that i think and uh i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but i saw that there was one yeah i will say the production is not bad mm-hmm. i can't really say much about it beyond that the production's yeah. pretty good but um it's like it's listening to two old ace members who have never met try to stumble through an, an awkward conversation <laughs> is, like, it, do they do it a little more corporate is a little more corporate oh, sounding yeah than, from what i like, know it apparently has to go through um i think it's uh, a, a committee of 10 people before oh, that's hard. yeah hard. Mm-hmm. wow there's a lot which just makes you fucking scratch your head and say what the hell's the point even I mean, yeah, because it would be interesting if they did, uh, you know, Ace could do more of a discussion based thing. It could could be interesting. That could be interesting, you know, like instead of a more of a scripted thing, do more of a discussion based thing. Maybe it turns into that. But that I I would be I've always wondered why Ace didn't do something like that. More of, a, you know, three or four hosts or something just kind of sitting around talking about the parks and stuff. Yeah, but that's- but I think it would be hard for them. I don't think that they would be able to say anything negative because of what ace is supposed to be which you know if and if you can't critique a ride the way it really is you kind of lose credibility you know yeah and i think that's kind of the conundrum they're in with trying to put out yeah you know yeah good probably interviews but you know maybe that's it you can't if a ride comes out and the second half of it really sucks you can't say so you have to just be like, it's great. Yeah, everything has to have a positive spin. And it's like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not making shit to just be a commercial. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I'm you're a right. fan of this stuff, but I'm not doing this to sell their product. Because A, if you're listening no. to this, you're going to the parks anyway. And B, we're not getting fucking paid by them. <laughs> yeah. You know what sucks though, man? Like I, I've been to parks... In, in recent years where, you know, an EB and I've been letting it fly a little bit more lately, but the worst is when you go to like a park for an event or something and like one of the media or, you know, the PR person or like the marketing person will like has called me or has called EB out on things. Be like, hey, two years ago, you said this. I heard that, you know, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like, I didn't think you were listening. And yeah, I think EB even said that once to one of the one of the people like, oh, I didn't think you'd hear that. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> when we say that the ride sucks or something, but that's the worst when you get called out on it. But, you know, but I always say the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, we've got to be honest or people don't believe what we're saying. You know, you got to they don't trust what we're saying if we're not honest. And most times they're like, all right, all right, we get it. We get it fine. So, but yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> 
that's the worst when you get called out on it by by somebody at a park. So maybe those guys have it right. Just keep it positive and you don't have to have that happen. Maybe. Uh, I think our our title serves as our disclaimer. Yes, there you go. Yeah. People, well, you know what you're going to get. That's what's yeah. great. And there's enough people out there who, it's like you just have to find your audience and you're good. Yeah. That's why I, I love, I love what you guys are doing. And I love the name of the show because like right away, you know what it's going to be, you know? So yeah, as you tune in, you're set up right away with the name of it. I like it. Totally, totally. Well, um, so for our final segment, we like to wrap up here. We like to pay tribute to a dead ride. And seeing as you're our guest, Mike, it's only appropriate that you get to pick what ride we are paying tribute to. Well, I'll I'll go with one of my home park rides. Um, and I know we've talked about Bush Gardens Williamsburg a lot tonight, so I'll stick with that. And one of my favorite rides that is is no more is uh, the Big Bad Wolf. And I love that ride because it was thrilling. You know, it was one of those aero suspended roller coasters, but it had really good theming. And like my favorite part of the ride is after you came off the first lift, uh, went down a little bit of a hill, you went through this Bavarian village and it was like so detailed. Like, I don't know if you guys ever uh, got a chance to ride that when it when it was operating or maybe have seen videos of it. But the flying through the village was so cool. And now I think for Bolton, the show building is sitting right where that spot was. But back in the day, like even from the midways, you could see a little bit of it. Uh, But you really saw the most of it during the ride itself. And I think even as you flew through the village and stuff, you'd hear like a wolf howl and stuff. But it was it was really like just an awesome ride. And I was so bummed out when they took it out and, you know, for Bolton is cool. And it's got, you know, that great drop, you know, in the middle of the ride and stuff, the drop track and all that. And, and the, the final drop is the same as the big bad wolf, but it's not the same. It's just not as good as that original ride was. And I miss it so much. Every time I go to the park and I walk into that area, I miss that ride because it was especially that first section through the village was so cool. Did you get to ride that the year it closed? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I, I pretty much rode it. Gosh, ever since I was like, you know, old enough to like roller coasters every summer all the way till it closed. And what year was it? Was that like 2000? I think it closed 09. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. So, but man, I miss it. But yeah, I, I those last couple of rides, I, I remember I just spent the last part of my day at Bush Gardens just there getting in as many rides as I could, you know. Yeah, I got to ride it, I think, twice when I was the only time I've been out to King's Dominion and Bush Gardens is back in 05. So I got two rides on it mm-hmm. then. So at least got the credit. Don't remember it super well, but I do remember liking it. Yeah, I wish I would have remembered more yeah. of it. I think I got this one ride and I don't remember a whole lot. Yeah, there's still some pretty good videos of it out there. Some good point of view videos and even some off ride videos um, that the park took where you really see some of that theming in that village. But it was cool. It's cool. I love I love a ride that's got like. Yeah, you know, theming close by to where the coaster train goes by, and it just makes it feel so much faster. Yeah, that that like I always remembered that ride from like America's Greatest Roller Coaster Thrills in 3D, uh-huh, and uh-huh. seeing it on a couple of those Discovery Channel shows and stuff, and like other tapes and stuff, and just always being like, that looks so cool. Oh yeah. So it was really cool to be able to finally ride it when I got on it, and I'm really glad I did. That is great. And I also have yeah, to say, wait, what? Oh, I was going to say, I think Defunctland even has like a whole documentary about the Big Bad Wolf, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. That, that video is great. That channel's dope. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Although I haven't been as uh, big on this current season. Yeah, I haven't watched any of this current season, so I need to check out and see what's going on. But definitely he started losing me when he was like, instead of doing rides, we're going to talk about the World's Fair. I'm like, why? No, 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 no one was good. It was good. Come on. Leave us a comment. What do you think about the defunct land about the World's Fair? (laughs) I, I love that one. I remembered it very well. I wonder if that guy would ever do our podcast. Maybe. I know he won't do anything where he has to show his face, but uh, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think any of our guests would show their face. <laughs> Holy shit. I think this cheap ass stool is about to break. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They rented f- fucking kitchen stools and that was a bad idea. You rented them? Like I rented like a furniture set. Um, what? Just because I didn't have time to buy new furniture. So I just did like a quick rental. Okay. But the bars are super cheap, and I think it's going to fall apart. Well, you dropped your mic in the sink one time on the show, so maybe you'll break a stool one time on the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, good. man, Big Bad Wolf, good pick, and by far the most tributed ride that we've done on this show, because it was so great, yeah. and everybody loved it. Yeah. yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. The. Uh... All right. Wait, go ahead, Ben. Oh, no, like... I think it, it would be sad when that one and uh, what is it? Vortex. Oh yeah. That one, when that one's gone. Yeah. When that one and like the bat are gone, like iron dragon's going to yeah. be like the only one left. Cause all the ones yep. that have like good forces are going to get torn out. Oh, ninja. I feel like ninja ninja is going to go. Oh, <gasps> and maybe the, the one at Canada's wonderland. Oh man, I hope. I think if a coaster goes at Magic Mountain, it's probably going to be Ninja. Oh God, would it be that, or would it be Gold Rusher though, or maybe even a Viper? I could see them just being like, "Ah, fuck it, we'll just take out like three rides." <laughs> right, and then they replace it with another fucking dueling Mobius coaster. <laughs> <laughs> just really solidify that record, as if anyone was going for it ever. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. Uh, Mike, get in another plug for Coaster Radio here. Yeah, sure. Well, if anybody is looking for uh, another theme park podcast to listen to uh, during especially COVID and stuff, uh, head on over to CoasterRadio.com. We've got a brand new episode every uh, Thursday night at eight o'clock that drops. But also, if you want to check it out to kind of see what we do live uh, you can go to live.coasterradio.com on uh, Tuesday nights, usually at 9.30 p.m. Uh, you can kind of see us do the show there and see the sausage being made there. That's kind of fun, too. But um, but we're all uh, a lot of different fun stuff to check out at coasterradio.com. Totally. And um, thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. We super appreciate it. Yeah, man, this was fun. I had a great time. It was fun just to like, hang out, chat about stuff. And yeah, it was great talking with you guys. And, and we appreciate like all your help that you've given us on coaster radio over the years too. So, Man. so it was fun to actually get a chance to come on your show and just like hang out. This yeah. is great. Yeah. We really appreciate you putting us on in that segment. Different. Time. Yeah. That was, fun. that was really fun. And people loved it. Like, I know we were joking around about, you know, some people not liking it, but really like, you know, most everybody who heard that loved it. And I think even the people who were, you know, giving it a hard time also liked it. We're just doing yeah, the, that for fun. So the polarization was, was the best part. It was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, and that just showed people were listening and listening every week to it. So it's great. Well, we'll, uh, I, I listened to the first one, so I have to listen to the second one, start making some notes, try to get something together go. for you. There's always, always mistakes week after week. We got a ton of them. So you'll, you'll see. <laughs> and I hope, I hope that this makes it even clearer that, uh, we're, we're not just, we're not actually being assholes. This is all in good fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm I'm excited for people to hear this. And yeah, it's great. It's great. I had a great time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Now it's time for our annoying shit. So please give us a five star rating or hit the like button or do whatever the thing is you can do on the thing that you're listening to this show on. Interact with the content however you can interact with it. Like button, comment, review, whatever you can do. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a five-star rating. This week, tell us who your favorite CoasterRadio.com character is. We'll read the best one on the show. Give us a follow on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr for whatever fucking reason. Also, I launched us a Snapchat, so we are over there do not send me dick pics for fuck sake. Thank you. Email us your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-572-9552. Uh, we got a Discord server now, so we got the link for that in the episode description. Check that out. It's a lot of fun. We got a lot of cool chats going on in there. The easiest way to get a hold of us is on our website, yourfavoritecoastersucks.com or rollercoasterpodcast.com. Sorry, coasterradio.com. We got rollercoasterpodcast. We want to thank all of our patrons over on Patreon. That's the weird verbiage we got to use because that's the standard way to do it. Um, we got some cool bonus shit going on up there. We're live streaming all of our recordings now. So when we record an episode... You can see it happening live. Well, C is a relative term. We uh, we haven't done video episodes yet, but we will do that if we get enough patrons. However, if you join now, you can hear all of these episodes as they are being recorded live. But that's only for our patrons. You want more details? You're going to have to head over to patreon.com slash your favorite coaster sucks. We also got a monthly bonus episode over there. And of course, our monthly Zoom calls. They are so much fun. The last one ran for hours and hours. Bunch of people showed up. I think it was more than we've ever had before. <clears throat> so that was a great time. And best of all, on here, we give thanks to all of our Patreons. So, Patreons, patrons. So, here is a list to everyone we got to give shout-outs to. Mystic Drew. Thank you so much, Drew. Gabriel Ludwiski. Thanks, Gabe. Gabriel. Don't want to say Gabe unless you go by Gabriel. Anyway, Nathan Slater. Thank you, Nathan. Brian Lewis. Thanks, Brian. Joshua Knight. Thanks, Josh. We appreciate it. Joshua, again, not going to do the whole Gabriel Gabe thing. Uh, Luann Lewis, thank you, Luann. Scott Levine, thank you, Scott. We appreciate you. Mikey Mayo, what's up, Mikey? Thanks a bunch. Michael Muldoon, how's it going? I'm squared. We appreciate you. Tristan Cox, Big Blue Spoon, thanks, man. We appreciate that. Dominic B, hey, missed you on the last Zoom call, bud, but uh, thanks a bunch. We appreciate your support. Stefan Feinberg goes by another 
name more publicly, but hey, man, we appreciate you a bunch. Hope to see you on the next Zoom call, too. Daniel Puckett, he's been out there busting his ass at Six Flags over Texas, so make sure you say hi to Mr. Shockwave Dan if you see him down there. Uh, Nathan Hart, thanks so much, Nathan. Congratulations on the wedding. Jonathan Hawkins, hey, thank you, Jonathan, and congratulations on the engagement, man. Fantastic. Uh, Jared Mullen, hey, man, glad you're doing well, even though I know you're working fucking 638 hours a week, but uh, glad you're still kicking and alive somehow. Brandon Carter, holy shit, this guy's great. Thanks for uh, hanging with us and being a homie for a long time. Ryan Shoemaker, man, hey, Thank you so much. Great uh, great to hear things are going well out in Carowinds for you. Uh, extra special thanks to our pre- executive producer, Logan N. Go check out his podcast, Prairie Coasting. He's a great dude. Glad to hear you didn't get snowed in this past week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, all of you guys over on Patreon. Patreon. Thanks for listening. So until next time, your favorite... Coasters. 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 Coasters.